Cradeline Network. Let's. My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000's Judge Dredd Complete Case Files Collections. With this series, we're collecting our coverage of Judge Dredd from his earliest adventures onward, as that can be read in the collections that Rebellion publishes. We'd love to be your accompaniment on Dredd's many adventures. This time, it's the fifth case file and the end of our little excursion into the past of Judge Dredd for now, and what a way to leave off. Case File 5 covers progs 208 to 207. That's April 1981 to June 1982. It's a really fun case file with a lot of variety. The first section focuses on the mega rackets of Mega City 1, the various crimes and criminals that make up most of Dredd's day-to-day life. Then things get taken up a notch as both Judge Anderson and Judge Death return to the city, along with a few of Death's friends. And then we're on to Block Mania and the Apocalypse War. Everything this volume is written by John Wagner and Alan Grant. And on art, we've got both the return of Dread creator Carlos Sescara and several new artists like Colin Wilson and John Cooper. This file also marks the end on Dread for both uh, Brian Bolland and Mike McMahon who, after defining the character so much in um, earlier stories like The Cursed Earth, are now on to bigger and better things, I think, or at least different things than Judge Dredd. <laughs> I should also mention that we've covered Case File 5 in our in Space Spinner's collection series before. Uh, in this case, when it was briefly uh, given away for free by Rebellion during the COVID-19 panic. But I wanted to have a version that's in this case file series, so here we are. Just sort of a little bit behind the curtain there. Anyway, let's get to the comics. Episode 63. Progs 206 to 209. April 1981. Thrill 3. Judge Dredd. So, uh, script robots for this month are uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant, writing Stevie Grover. Art robot Ron Smith and Colin Wilson. Lettered robots Tom Frame. Jim Frame. The residents of the Sunny Bono block are in revolt. Dude, this, this one's good. Yeah. They've declared the block an independent city, and that won't fly with Judge Dredd. We learned no that. Way, uh, man. Yeah. You can't just secede from Mega City One. No way. Yeah, uh, we learned that Sunny Bono has become a trouble block with all the worst citizens in Mega City One forced to move there. Soon it was covered in graffiti and eventually, like, literally falling apart in like two weeks, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, what the hell? They've taken the mayor hostage, and while the smart move, obviously, is just to sort of lay siege and, like, wait them out, essentially, Dredd doesn't want to give um, doesn't want to give the rest of the city any, any ideas. So instead, he jumps oh, no. in, and he just basically Dread 2012s his way to the re- leader of the revolt. <laughs> <laughs> I would have also accepted Die Harded. So well, yeah, but this is, this is Die Harding through a Mega City 1 uh, city block, so it's <laughs> Dread 2012-ing. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's right. Clever. <laughs> so everyone You're quickly, a clever boy, do my best. You know, everyone quickly surrenders as the judges move in, um, and it's revealed that it's not the mayor held hostage, but just the pizza man. <laughs> Something. Like, hey, uh, can I like not be here? 
Something really weird's going on here because this is just the crappiest revolt anyone's ever staged in Mega City One. <laughs> yeah, so of course, let's dig a little deeper. Yeah, and so the tech boys find out that the block is actually being hit by subsonic vibrations. It's what's oh, causing weird. the block to start falling apart, and it's driving everybody crazy. The, the waves are coming from the Patsy Ann Noble block. Uh, Patsy Ann Noble, a.k.a. Trisha Noble, is a singer and actress that was big in the 70s and early 80s. I guess I should say yeah. that Sonny Bono was also sort of a singer in that same era, you know, famous for hanging out with, for being married to Cher and the two of them having the Sonny and Cher hour. You know, I got you, babe, and all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Most recently, Trisha Noble played uh, Padme's mother in Star Wars Episode Three. But so... um the folks at Noble were shooting a sonic wave generator at Sonny Bono to make the building be condemned and have the troubled citizens move somewhere else so they'd stop lowering their property values. Yay, rich privilege. Yeah. Anyhow, all the Bono people are pardoned, and the Noble folks are all arrested <laughs> for causing their whole revolt thing. And the troubled citizens need a new place to live, so how about the Patsy and Noble block? Let's get them in there. <laughs> Kind of pretty, ain't it? Makes yeah. me sick. Exactly. Yeah, set up these climbing bars everywhere because we're monkey guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our, the final story uh, we're start uh, is the start of a series of uh, of strips that we'll see for dread over the coming months, which is basically describing different crimes in Mega City One. Uh, Damn. Starting with body sharks. This one's so weird. Yeah. So, do you remember Fox back in? Prague 120, episode 36, we learned about, like, suspended animation clinics for rich people in Mega City 1? Yeah, it's like Restful whatever. Yeah. Restful Towers or something? Yeah, but basically, when you're, like, sort of dying of an illness or an injury or something, they freeze you until medical science has a way to cure it, or just, you know, so people can sort of drag your dying out a little bit because like you know you don't want to lose your mom completely so you just sort of your mom's dying you come visit her for an hour every couple of months or something like that <laughs> the uh the dark side it of seems this seems so horrific yeah it's, it's weird man it's uh there's a whole there's a whole thing in, in uh, that comic uh transmetropolitan that's all about people waking up from be- from this situation and it's very interesting huh it's just like how you sort of wake up, uh, you know, 200 years in the future and your disease is cured, but suddenly you're 200 years in the future and society's moved on and you're like, well, I don't understand anything. Oh, Futurama effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Futurama, but when you're smart enough to actually be freaked out by everything, as opposed to Philip J. <laughs> Fry, who's so dumb that it just sort of bounces off of him. <laughs> It's like sweet, what yeah. a dad chick. Exactly, but so the dark side of this cryos of of of, of cryo freezing people, Fox is uh, is body sharks, which is, are basically loan sharks <laughs> who give you money and then cryogenically freeze and store your loved ones as collateral. Just really uh, a great way to go and get some money. I mean, you know, it's just like like regular loan sharks. Like, they might, like, you know, take something from you or, like, th- physically threaten you. They'd love to take just, like, your, your wife or something to hold over your head, but they don't want to feed and take care of your wife. Like, that's a more trouble than it's worth. But if you just sort of plug them into the, into a, into the refrigerator and then get them when you need them, that works out much better. <laughs> we see a man... About that. I mean, I'm just... Trying to put together what they're saying. We see a man named Hines get 5,000 credits to bribe his way into a job, putting his wife up as security. We also see a bunch of crooks freeze their mama to finance a heist. 
the, none of these people are making good life choices. No, the uh, the crooks buy a hover forklift to try to steal a bullion van by just flying over it and lifting it up off the road. But they forget to factor mm. in the fact that like that bullion van is going to be full of bullion and that's incredibly heavy. <laughs> so they can't take off and uh, are quickly pursued by Judge Dredd. Meanwhile, that Heinz guy finds out that five thousand credits isn't nearly enough to bribe his way into a job. <laughs> And Doesn't he get mugged? Well, yeah, as that forklift thing sort of, you know, as Judge Dredd chasing the forklift and the bullion cube and the bullion truck sort of careen into the place where everybody's, uh, like, waiting in line to try to apply for this job, in the confusion, Hines is mugged for his paltry loan. <laughs> like, suddenly he's got nothing. Like, even if he had the money, he, had to, he has to pay back, like, double or something like that because the loan shark has huge in- interest rates. So even if he kept the money, it's not like he could get it back and get his wife back. He's got to, you know, he had to get that job to pay for it. Now he's sort of, you know, up shit creek, basically. The uh, the crooks with the hover um, with the hover lift, the Mungo brothers, refuse to rat out the body snatchers. And Dredd tries to put some pressure on the snatchers, but the snatchers have uh, lawyers that sort of yell back at him. Um, but Dredd's basically like, ah, I hate these body snatchers. I'm going to take them down. <laughs> They're criminals. Therefore, yeah. I do not like. Exactly. Meanwhile, that Heinz uh, looks out in the city. He's lost it all. What can he do? Next episode, shark bait. I mean, here's the tip. Don't fucking take money from a loan shark that then freezes your wife. Oh, sure. Yeah, you got uh, not needing a loan shark privilege here, Fox. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm saying like, oh, God, I've lost everything. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. just the first step was the worst decision. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, definitely definitely price how much bribery money you're going to need before you just sort of blindly try to get um, bribery money. That's what, I w- that, that's what I would say. Right. Make, I don't know, like, make it crystal clear, like, exactly how much you have to bribe somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it might be rude to ask how much you have to bribe somebody, but it's good to know. Episode 64. Progs 210 to 214. May 1981. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Oh, man. Uh, this gets good. Oh, man. So we're, so we're deep in the mega rackets for Judge Dredd, and the mega rackets are so fun. Um, so script robots Alan Grant and John Wagner writing as T.B. Grover. Art robots are Colin Wilson and Ron Smith. Letting robots, my buddy and yours, Tom Frame. TM frame. Exactly. So, yes, last time we started looking at the Mega Rackets of Mega City 1, starting with the Body Sharks, which are loan sharks who take your cryogenically frozen loved ones as collateral. Uh, This one guy, Heinz, gave his wife, but now he can't pay back the debt. He tries to rob a neighbor to get the money, but's caught in the act, and Dredd is called in. Caught by, like, several neighbors, and one woman in particular is about to punch him, like, right in his mouth. He's caught by several angry housewives. (laughs) It's great. Heinz mentions his debt, and Dredd has an idea. He has Heinz basically bugged so that they can trace him to where the body sharks are based, and the, um, you know, because they'll probably take Heinz to his wife to lean on them on him to pay back. Dredd follows him, fights through the cryo facilities, arrests the body sharks, unfreezes all the victims, and then arrests them for complicity in body sharking, <laughs> which is my Dude. favorite Dredd thing. <laughs> Where he, he you arrest the criminal it. and the victim of the crime. 
he catches the bad guys by kicking them into canisters of liquid nitrogen. Yeah. And yeah, like anybody who wakes up, he's like, fuck you. And then, like, the, the guy cubes. is reunited with his wife and it's like a touching moment. He's like, yeah, you, you are leaving. He's like, I'll never leave you again, baby. And he's I, like, I hope you, you enjoyed that. Like You're going to cubes. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, no, dog. You may have helped me. You're still going to jail. Yeah, like you still didn't do crimes, buddy, and I'm Judge Dredd. Uh, the surviving goons are tight-lipped and won't sort of turn over the rest of their body sharking uh, compatriots. So this is sort of the end of the trail here. Uh, so. It's pretty normal, apparently, according to the Dreadster. Yeah. So now we're on to a new mega racket, Perp Running. Oh, this one was fucked up. Yeah. We start with the King Perp Runner, Slick Ike Colorado, who's a pimp-looking dude. He's got awesome velvet knee pads and a huge box of high-quality Munts gum. He spits some gum out and gets yelled at by Judge Dredd, who's just sort of hassling that crime boss. So, like, Munts is like this future food in Judge Dredd. I'd say, like, 90% of the people in Mega City 1, their primary diet staple is Munts. Um, we've been seeing oh. it sort of around the edges of Mega, of like just sort of around the edges of comics for Mega City One a lot recently, and it's sort of coming up. Um, and eventually, yeah, it's just sort of like it's a word for food, but sort of like this. Um, I would I would describe it as being similar to kind of tofu in that it kind of comes in an unprocessed state and then is processed into basically any kind of food. Period with like different flavors and all kinds of stuff, but you know. Not as appetizing raw and stuff. So we're seeing a lot okay. of so along with a lot of crime in these mega records, we're actually also seeing a lot of month stuff, which is kind of interesting. We'll learn more about it as the comic progresses. All right, cool. Yeah, just a little FYI. In a recent yeah. in a recent uh, Judge Dredd like sort of series, he was fighting a bunch of uh, of uh, raiders who were attacking farms out and out 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 on the cursed earth that feed Mega City One. And that series was called a uh, Muntstone Cowboys. <laughs> oh, weird. They yeah. they rely on food from. Well, you can't have, yeah, I mean, they don't have farms inside Mega City One, you know, but uh, mm. they, there's no space for it. Anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> So, yeah, so Dredd's just uh, hassling Slick Like uh, Colorado, the, uh, the, the head perp, perp runner. Um, but he's gonna, so he, and he's gonna take him down. Dredd finds a file on a con, on, on a perp named John Julius, uh, Brown, a murderer who's been in, uh, jail for a few years and arranges to have him escape. Brown contacts an old crime buddy asking to be picked up by perp runners who will take him safely off planet. Things go well. They ship Brown and a bunch of other perps out in empty months containers, which are so smelly that no one checks on them, and then uh, onto a ship in the cursed earth, and they blast off. Hooray! Yeah. I'm getting away as a big weird guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brown's pretty messed up. He's got kind of a kind of a mo uh, haircut and then a big old face scar. Yeah, that like destroyed one of his eyeballs. But yeah, uh, it's definitely not Judge Dredd, right? <laughs> Aboard the ship, Brown enters the ship communication control, beats everybody up, and reveals himself to be Judge Dredd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he radios controls to come get him, but the ship is way too fast for the Justice Department to catch up. Dredd is chained up, and the perp runners continue as planned. Landing on an alien prison camp? And all the passengers have been sold into slavery? Oh my god, what the fuck is... There's, what happened here? There's no honor among thieves, dude. They just oh. took all these criminals, took their money to escape off planet, then got paid again by selling them to slavery. Dread stays I mean, stays a lot, stays aboard. Yeah, totally. 
Dredd stays aboard locked up and he'll get his soon, apparently. So, on the return trip, it seems like the perp runners like to go to alien planets, pick up a bunch of tourist, alien tourists with like marketing materials saying that Earth loves aliens, then take them into deep space, you know, take their ticket prices, then just space them, just kill them all. <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you didn't think these guys were bad before, they went to an alien planet full of adorable dolphin men mm-hmm. convince them of giving them all of their money and then like the next shot is just them being shot out the airlock the, one by one i love the opening of this just because it's like uh it's like the dolphin man equivalent of that um i want to live in america song from west side story but with oh dolphins my God. it's like you know like oh they treat aliens like gods in mega city one you know I'm so excited to to go there and give these people all my money blindly. Be this, uh, a, you know, have a great alien time where everybody loves aliens. I want to live in Mega City. <laughs> Everything's free oh in Mega God. City, etc. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this is apparently called chumping up. Like you get chump up your ship and then you just uh, drop the chumps. Um, and so weird. we see the ship with Dread aboard taking on a bunch of nodule-headed squid guys aboard for the same purpose. Oh, yeah. Dread goes into action. He breaks his hand to slide out of the cuffs he's in. Oh, um, it was super gross. It's pretty uh, – Ron Smith draws a really awesome mangled-ass hand here. Uh-huh. And then he starts uh, shout- he starts spilling the beans to the aliens, riling them up. And then he breaks free and starts shooting the perp runners. Uh, this is why you don't hang uh, like a Judge Dredd in just front shoot of, like, him. where you keep all your Just shoot him! <laughs> Anyhow, um, on his own on the ship, he now he then fifth elements his way through it, jettisoning <laughs> the oxygen and because wow. because fifth element is when you die hard through a ship through a spaceship, Fox. Uh, <laughs> 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 they're they're all around. Uh, <laughs> Uh, big ups to uh, big ups to Die Hard to, to, to the Die Hard scenario wiki, which is a thing online that just lets oh. you put in like Die Hard Anna and tells you relevant movies and oh. other stuff where someone die hards oh. through something, so you can make references to it. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that was. Really fucking good. <laughs> he jettisons the oxygen, forcing the perp runners to surrender. They're all arrested, and the aliens are set home. And the perps that were sold into slavery are brought back to Mega City One and jailed. Slick like Colorado is still in business, but man, his double crossing ways might hurt his reputation a little bit. That's all I gotta say. I mean, he's definitely not gonna survive or whatever. I mean, we'll see. There's more. There's a lot of stuff happening here because it's time for the man. third mega racket, Fox. Oh. Yeah. This one's a bummer. It's called Umpty Bagging. We see Dread taking down some, some users and a dealer. A dealer of that sweet, sweet Umpty candy. I don't want to talk about this one. It's a bummer, man, because apparently there's a whole Umpty squad dedicated to taking down the Umpty, the candy makers led by Judge Cheney. We flash back to Prog 146, episode 45, Fox, where, as you'll recall, we saw the highly addictive Umpty candy outlawed and its creator, Uncle Ump exiled into outer space. However, it appears that soon afterwards, some crooks from the Jong gang were tipped off to Ump's location. They flew out to his ship, and, oh my god, they just pulled out a goddamn hand drill and sucked the empty candy out of his head and then spaced him! 
Uncle Rob! It's real sad, man. They just, like, this guy's an innocent old man with a giant top hat. He just wanted to make people happy. And it's not even like, it's not even like they found his ship and then they enslaved him and made him eat, uh, uh, make the candy for people. They just, they just drilled into his brain, took the recipe, and then tossed him into space to die. I'm so sad. This is some monstrous ass candy. Yeah, it's terrible. But anyhow. <laughs> All Judge Shred's fault, FYI. I mean, he had to do what he had to do for the city, you know? You know, you can you can uh, make excuses for the patriarchy, man. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm okay. a Santa figure. Now the Jong gang has control of the umpty candy market. Back in the present, Dredd sweats an umpty addict to get the information on his suppliers and then rides down to take down the Jong gang. But as he does, that same person that informed the Jungs about Ump's location also warns them about the incoming bust. Treachery! <laughs> Dude, I, I'm just glad that a certain someone gets their just mm-hmm. desserts. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Bam, bam, bam! <laughs> Sorry. Dredd leads the bust on the umpty factory. He finds it empty, just a couple of umpty heads manning the front. Dredd realizes that Judge Cheney is probably the traitor judge and sets a trap. In a darkened room, Dredd gets the drop on Cheney and waits for the arrival of the Jong gang. They arrive, Augie, Jong, and some of his goons. Outnumbered, they outnumber Dredd four to one, but Dredd uses some flashing lights to blind them and gun them all down. One leader of the Jong gang is killed, and Judge Cheney is off to Titan, where all judges get, go. Get all fucked up and roboticized to mm-hmm. breathe on Titan. Yeah, but just like all these other rackets, Fox, Dredd has closed down one operation, but hundreds just like them remain around Mega City 1. Yeah, that's bullshit. Next time, the Blitz Agencies. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Damn, Judge Dredd. Why you gotta pull me through... All my feelings. Why you gotta make me? Why you gotta kill Uncle Lump? There's so few. There's there, there, there's fewer. There's such. There, there's so few flat out tragedies in Mega City One that are worse than than, than Uncle Lump, who just wanted to make people happy and was exi- was exiled was tortured, exiled, and then murdered for it. He was he was like the the most adorable granddad character mm-hmm. ever, and he's given like one frame for his death. I'm like, man, he may have been the one of the few nice ones. Yeah. And Walter's not nice. And I don't care what people say. Fucking <laughs> Uncle Ump may have been, like, he's my second favorite character from Mega City 1. Fox is just Maybe. looking at Walter saying, it should have been you. Yes! <laughs> yes! That's Why hilarious. the fuck wasn't it like a horrible character where you would have been like, okay, some of the uh, people in this comic or who've been reading this comic be like, oh, it's sad because it's that dumb robot who makes us upset. But they got to kill. They basically killed Surrogate Santa. Mm. Yeah, that's how it's it's hard out there at Mega City One, buddy. Fuck them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Episode 65. Progs 215 to 218. June 1981. Thrill 3. Judge Dredd. Oh yeah, this stuff's good. Yeah. Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner writing a C.B. Grover. Art robots Ron Smith, Barry Mitchell, and Colin Wilson. Letting robot, that Tom Frame. Looking good, Tommy. Uh-huh. Also, 
the the credit card is a shield. That's right. Yeah, he's got. I, I forget if this just started happening or what, but yeah, they're starting to have a special Judge Dread uh, credit card here instead of the usual generic one. It's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. So we're doing the mega rackets, Fox. Fox, we're deep in the middle of the mega rackets. Um, this time we start with the Blitz agencies, which are you know hitmen essentially. Um, we learn the story of Rita and Teddington Lumley. <laughs> <laughs> they're two citizens. They're super down on their luck, jobless, and they're being forced to move to the Mark Clark block. Who I did some research, and I guess it's the he's a World War II uh, general guy. Okay, they're so bummed about this, they try to commit suicide, but they don't got the guts. So instead, yeah. they hire a blitz agency to do the deed. They they go to he. It's like I'm I'm. Uh... Teddington, I'm gonna go meet this scaly skinned man. Yeah, yeah in a, it's in a Ron Smith going real, drawn real, drawing this guy, drawing the head of the the, uh, the Blitz agent guy real, real crazy for no reason, basically. I I just want to know where they're meeting because it's just like weird crystal statues around. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what a future park might look like. Yeah, it feels like a very sort of like you know, let's just mega city one. <laughs> Mega city up this joint, you know? <laughs> but so, yeah. So they hire the Blitz. Once they hire the Blitz agencies, though, things start turning around. Uh, Teddington gets a job as a knee pad grader. Always appreciate Mega City One knee pad related <laughs> things. Um, hey, man. That's are important. Yeah. And they actually find out that they're moving to the Sir Kenneth Clark block. Who is oh, a, that's not too bad. Yeah, he's a British historian and broadcaster of this long-running show called Civilization, I guess. So, things are looking up for them, but then the Blitzer strike! Um, I think killed poor Teddington! Teddington no! dies! And Rita calls in the judges. Despite Dread being on the case, the hits keep coming, as it, as, as it were. <laughs> There's. Oh, I mean, but she first gets 15 years in the ISO cube, so yeah. she fucking cooperates. Mm-hmm. And um, we learn that the Blitzers don't give up as a matter of pride, even if they like the person, you know. We sort of, when Teddington called for the hit, they said, like, hey, man, like, you can't call off the hit once it's on, just FYI. So. Um, so there's a mail bomb. Dread, uh, Dread manages to sort of like throw it out the window. And then he gives chase. He guns down one blitzer and chases another into the street where he promptly explodes. You know, which is awesome. Yeah, we've, like, we've, we, we've seen this before in Mega City One Hitmen. Like, do you remember there was that mob boss guy that was just a head? And he could imitate people's voices and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and they send hitmen to kill him, and they sort of had then the uh, the head guy pretend to be their boss and tell them all to surrender. But because they all had these murder boxes inside of them, that just made them all explode so they wouldn't kill Judge Dredd. <laughs> like, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So, oh, it's coming back. So this is kind gross. of a callback. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah, it's neat. But so knowing the Blitzers will never give up once engaged, Rita turns herself into Dread, knowing she'll be safe doing 15 years in an ISO cube for hiring Blitzers in the first place. I just don't feel like that's a good trade-off, man. I mean, you know, honestly, I don't know what the cubes are like. Like, that's the one thing that I feel like we really, that we really need to see, but we haven't so far in, um, in Judge Dread is what it's like in jail in Mega City 1, you know? Exactly. And I don't I even mean, know if we'll get that. Isolation for a long time. cube doesn't sound super fun. Yeah, but I want to know, like you know, 
is it like a cell? Do they put you in a coffin or something? It could be anything, you know? That's fair. So I think it's interesting to see, you know? It, it would be interesting to see. I don't think I don't think we're actually going to get it. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, Maybe it's a mystery best. Yeah, maybe an annual or something. or something. Who's to say? Who's to say? But so, mm. now we got a new Mega Racket Fox, the Psychos. Man, I was so upset at this cover, which I, I kind of alluded to prior to the show. Man, yeah. this cover, which I guess we'll go over later, it's a big spaghetti monster on the front. Mm-hmm. It's like, this game monster's going to get you. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be great to see a spaghetti monster fighting Judge Dredd. Yeah. Man, it's not a farce. Yeah. Uh, we meet Aldo Polo, a restaurateur who's being uh, basically a Mario-esque uh, entre- yeah. uh, uh, restaurateur who's being plagued by threat by threatening a mental image as a... Oh, <laughs> the, the messages turn dead. <laughs> the, the messages turn deadly when a plate of synthetic—that's a synthetic spaghetti, FYI—comes to life and attacks him. Terrified, Aldo gets into a hover taxi to escape, but the taxi doesn't exist. He falls into his death. Uh, Dread is suspicious and has the body taken as side division where it's found that Aldo was under heavy psionic attack. We learn. I, I guess you can just sense that off the corpse. Yeah, like you, you know, it's like uh, it's like uh, gunpowder residue, but uh, psychic abilities, I guess. Oh my god! Somebody has been listening to Art Bell. I mean, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Hey, uh, oh, hey, damn it. I know, I actually do. I'm okay. I know what you're talking about for real. I'm trying to pro- project an image here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we learn about the psychos, a band of criminal psychics or psychers, depending on how you want to talk about it, who do all kinds of stuff for the mob. They uh, foretell the outcomes of heists. They root out uh, rats and informants. And the big money maker is offering protection, quote unquote, to rich citizens, which is basically just sort of a psychic racketeering operation, basically. Um, oh, pretty good use of psychic powers, TBH, in criminal yeah. crimes. No, it's good. It's good. It's good future crime stuff. Um, a lot of this stuff is done out of the third eye um, insurance agency. Which which is pretty cool, and and uh, one of their main operatives is this guy Rex Squeers. Uh, Dread drops the boom on Squeers, crime blitzing his house, putting him under surveillance, conducting strip searches on the street. On the street, Rex gets super mad about this. It's time to psych Dread out. Which is probably not the best idea. Mm -hmm. So Dredge under psychic assault, or those around him are actually. A traffic liner pilot is fooled into almost crashing into Dredge. Another lady is fooled to try to get Dredge to run into the flaming wreckage. It turns out that this is all part of Dredge's plan. um, Because though side vision is still unable to pin anything down on Rex, he's trying to sort of goad Rex into tipping his hand, basically. Just want to reiterate that part of Judge Dredd's plan was goading this man into harming other people around him into killing him. So it's like, that guy flew his shuttle into the ground and everybody else inside, including him, died. I mean, you know, Dredd, Dredd's not super concerned with collateral damage, as we'll see in like half a, half a year. In like mid-1982. Oh my god! Um, Rex Check is, some people, I guess. Rex's boss, Jeremy Saul, is not pleased with all the heat that Rex is pulling down. After an unsuccessful brain scan downtown, Rex is told to lay off Dread, but doesn't take that advice. 
uses his powers to send a pair of third eye insurance salesmen try to run to try, try to run Dread down. Dread uh, naturally, Dread avoids this and takes them down um, in turn. But it's looking very bad for the insurance agency that they're like a guy, guys in a third eye like company car tried to attack Dread. Yeah, the exactly. Next, the next day, Dread is called down to the dockyard where judges have found the dead body of Rex Squeers. He should have left well enough alone. I mean, so what was the lesson here? Like, didn't he want to catch this company or just yeah. Squeers? I mean, well, well, the thing that that we're seeing with all these mega rackets is at is like you know we see sort of individual like sort of franchises or like you know pieces of the web of any one racket, you know? And mm-hmm. Dread's able to take them out, but the increasing story is like there's all these little pieces and sort of Dread can take can take out individual ones, like, you know, the lowest level guys, one by one on the street. There's this larger edifice of organized crime and mega rackets inside Mega City, one that he can't take down. Because you need evidence, I guess. Yeah, there's sort of certain, you know, it's... Again, it's not clear to me why they can't, um, like, crime blitz into some of these offices and stuff. Like, it's the, – the difference between sort of being able to crime blitz places – crime blitz some places and not others is not clear to me, you know? Private private homes? A-okay. Yeah. Uh, places of business, you are – you better get yourself a warrant. Yeah, asshole. because – I mean, you know, like, Third Eye Insurance likely has tons of files about who they're extorting and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. so. Whatever, you know. We, so, we got one last racket, Fox, and that's dude, the numbers and, racket. And, it's, and it has one of our favorite recurring characters, a truck it's that's a just A truck full of acid? acid. <laughs> That's a good character. It's it's the best character. So this is the numbers racket. It's not like small-time gambling, but actually criminal computer hacking. They don't actually have the terms for this stuff yet, so they never say hacking in the course of this comic. (laughs) Um, It starts pretty awesomely, though, like Fox said. It starts with an assassination conducted by hosing some guy down from a truck of danger acid. Just attach... (laughs) Attach the hose to the acid truck and spray this guy and just hose him down. Invasion it's not, style. It's not a great situation for that dude because he turns into a melty puddle. Yeah. And then Dread, like, Dread intervenes. He skids through this big puddle of acid. The assassin gets a face full of his own acid oh. hose and stuff. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's gross. And so they have to call in acid judges, which are like, yeah. going to scoop up acid yeah forensic judges armed with um with uh hazmat suits and shovels basically (laughs) (laughs) it's like burning through the shovel it's great they they managed to pull out an artificial kidney from the human soup and eventually the the victim is identified it's a melhoolish hames who was an executive at the rengold furniture company who Seems to have sold computer code to the numbers guys, and then was melted for his trouble instead of paid. Ta-da! Yeah. Dread consults with Judge Professor Burroughs at the Academy of Law to try to take down Lumpy Lepke, the numbers guy who's probably behind this acid, this uh, acid killing. Uh, yeah, luckily at that point, he the same professor judge is like talking about uh, the numbers game, and he's like used. Blackmail. It's and very arsony. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a very sort of law and order kind of transition where you go and talk to somebody who's explained who does sort of the exposition work for you as you go to talk to them. You know, 
Um, yeah, exactly. But so they, they do a double cross. They have a plant cell computer code to Lepke that's actually a backdoor into his system. They use it to find his location and Dread rides out. Time to take them down. Next time, cool. Lumpy's number comes up. Yeah, you know, more um, more Mega City crime stuff. I always appreciate, of course, Mega City things. Um, there's gonna there's about to be a pretty fun um, a, a, a couple fun chapters relating to all of this. So that I've, you know, there's been months of setup, and I'm and I'm and I'm actually pretty excited for the next um, really set, set of stuff. Yeah, yeah this is be, all setup. There's gonna be a big gang war next month, or at least it's gonna what? start next month. It's gonna be real good. And all of these different crime bosses and stuff are all going to have to come together. It's going to be neat. What? Yeah. Oh, this, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't, man. And uh, that's awesome. So I didn't want to spoil you, Fox. You know. No, that makes me more excited because, like, I, you know, all right. Yeah. I mean, like one-offs, I enjoy them because, like, I think it's what actually keeps Dread fresh. Is that it's like already we're seeing in a lot of these stories that if they go too long, you get into a situation that's kind of like. Uh, okay, this has been going on for a bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. Uh, it's always certain. nice when Dread takes some time to uh, to retool and sort of reset everything, you know? Yeah, and but it's still, knowing that it's still also some setup makes me very happy. Yeah, I mean, it's like a TV show where sort of, you know, you have your Myth Arc episodes, you have your Monster of the Week shows. Mm. Episode 66, Progs 219 to 222, July 1981. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Script robot for Judge Dredd, John Wagner and Alan Grant. Uh, writing as T.B. Grover, art robot Colin Wilson, Ian Gibson, and Ron Smith. Lettering robot, Tom Frame. Oh, baby, Tom. <laughs> so Dredd leads a one-man attack on the on a moped, which is one of those big mobile homes that sort of travel around Negacy One's Highway. It contains the mobile computing hacky team, hacking team of Lumpy Lepke's numbers racket. I really love the color pages for this. Yeah, it's awesome. Just dread f- like, d- jumping off his lawmaster and just flying through the air onto this big moped and stuff. Man, that lawmaster really just gets <laughs> trashed a lot. You know, Dredd's got a lot of bikes. I don't think he really pays it. He has one specific one that he uses because he doesn't really take care of them like he only no. gets one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. So, Dredd takes control of the moped and has Judge Professor Burroughs t- uh, in turn take control of the hacking system. So, it seems like the hack, like this, uh, this numbers system is mostly used to like order stuff from different companies to then sell them, sell it on the black market, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, Burroughs sort of. F- increases the factor of that stuff by a, or increases the speed of these programs by a factor of 20 so suddenly just huge illegal shipments are sort of pouring out of companies and going to Lepke's warehouses they can't handle the influx and it looks real like suspicious in terms of we're going to arrest some guys you know exactly it's like what the stop all this from happening Uh, so especially then when, when Lebke asks the guys to quit it and the and the uh, moped uh, guys insult Lebke and tell him to get lost. I mean, that at, at Judge Gunpoint. Yeah, but still, you know. <laughs> so Le- he's not real happy. Yeah. He's a really gross looking dude, by the he's way. He's really just like, the, you know, a concentrate. It's like uh, Colin Wilson doing his best, um, uh, doing his best Ron Smith here to make a really ugly uh, uh, crime boss. Oh, my God. So, Lepke leads a giant hit on the moped, incriminating himself, and it gets shot by a heat seeker when he tries to escape from the judges. Mind you, when he says, like, an attack, it's like, 
a giant armored moped, his flying vehicle, and like five other yeah. little flying cars with it, dudes all in the shooting. Yeah, it's, it's a like pretty overheat. awesome giant mob hit for sure. <laughs> yeah. So this is the racket that's been taken down the most, but there's still tons of number rackets out there, FYI. So now we go to our last mega racket, the Stooky Glanders. So, oh, this was sad. Super sad, man. Yes, the gland of a of a stooky alien apparently delays aging in human in humans. So there's a huge market for them in Mega City One, but they're illegal because you can't you because it's illegal to you know use stuff harvested from sentient beings essentially. <laughs> Plus, they're super cute. I mean, other than the weird hole in their face. But, well, yeah, but know. listen, I mean, you know, it's not like you don't use animal products that come from super cute animals. The difference is that these ones are sentient. Um, I mean, that's, I guess. <laughs> we open on a, hover, on a hover truck entering the city. A Stooky escapes and demands asylum, and the judges take the truck out. The driver's able to warn the syndicate ahead of time, though, and we learn the sad story of Stooky glanding, how these Stookies are basically these nice, peaceful, sentient aliens that just get kidnapped and are forced to breed and then be slaughtered for their glands. It's really sad because the Stookies are like, hey, like, you know, we don't really want to be... In this uh, in this Stooky farm, would ra- I'd rather not be killed for my glands, if at all possible. And all the farms like, get in there, you! We're taking your glands. Meat hooks, and they yeah. like, get conveyed to a thing. And the next like scene is just little glands going yeah. down a chute. The the escaped Stooky asks for dread help, like holding his hand when he asks. It's ridiculously sad, oh. and he tells Dread he has a map. So, Dredd takes the Stooky for routine medical um, examination. He's put in a decontamination shower to remove some radiation, but the shower is so hot that it boils the Stooky alive. It turns out that a delegation, including a counselor, Rudd, was, was visiting the station, and Rudd accidentally, quote-unquote, turned up the heat on the shower. All seems lost until the judges shave the Stooky and find the map tattooed on his body. I, I love the reasoning from Judge Forth. He's like, he he didn't have anything on him. Don't know what made me think to shave him. <laughs> you know, Which I is- mean, these judges might not always be the best guys. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> the judges pile into an H wagon and head out to attack the farm. <laughs> Hit him! Dude, so, and when they when he says hit him, I mean these guys are like just immediately dying. Yeah, man, it's an all-out assault in the Stooky farm. Judges are blowing dudes away, and Dread is mobbed by friendly Stookies, and Dread's like, "Get in your pens until this is over." He <laughs> assaults a lot. Dread, all of the nice <laughs> things are like, "Hey," and he's like, "Get go, get out of here." I gotta kill some dudes. Dread assaults the slaughterhouse. He rides into the floor, into the killing floor on a meat hook. He blasts a Stooky Glander right into a big grinder machine. And the judges oh, are like, God. well, no paperwork for that guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> it turns out that farm management escaped soon before the bust. Dread is made an honorary Stooky by the Stookies that they saved. And he tries to and he tries to find the farm bosses, but it's no use. However... He is able to, to determine that Counselor Rudd was the informant, and a crime blitz finds a thousand Stooky capsules in his apartment. He's actually 80 years old. 
You might want to hide those or something, right? Like, don't put them in your <laughs> Seriously. house. Seriously. Dread tosses them into the cubes for a year on a possession charge. And oh, the, this is like the first time we see these. Yeah, I, I, I had forgotten that they did this. This is a rare look at the ISO cubes. Um, yeah, and the years rapidly catch up to them. He suddenly becomes, within like a course of a couple of days, becomes an 80-year-old man. And yeah, we get a, a cool look at the ISO cubes in here. They've got an awesome checkerboard ceiling for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> And then we go to the final mega racket, which I don't know if it really is a, it's a, you know, they call it a racket, but I'd say it's different because it's mob war. We open with a bunch of uh, mob blitzers attacking a tower in the alien quarter of town, but they're easily fought off by robed aliens with bald silver heads and deadly finger beams pretty cool the day of the mob racketeers is finished and the mofioso are taking over or so they say at least the mofio are energy-based aliens that have recently arrived in mega city one and are intent on taking over organized crime in the city they hire Hermie gans a perp runner boss to be their mouthpiece he calls a meeting of the rackets and explains the situation and is sort of swiftly uh, beaten up and kicked out. <laughs> the next day, several big crime leaders are found dead, including a Jong family member from the Umpty Baggers and one of the top body sharks. It's a mob war coming. Dread investigates the Blitzer attack that we saw at the start of this one and um, finds all the Blitzers dead at the hands of the Mofiosi. And they claim it was all in self-defense. It's hard to uh, disagree with them. Dread agrees and lets them off with a warning. I mean, it's pretty... Accurate. Later that day, the head of the heads of all the rackets come to Dread, demanding protection from these crime invaders. <laughs> and Dread's like, "Get out of here! I don't want to protect criminals. This is that's this ridiculous question." Dude, the uh, the law computer reminds Dread that he can just deport the mofios at any time. But Dread's like, "Yeah, I'll just let this uh, mob war play out a little bit more. Let fire fight fire a bit before I kick everybody out of here." <laughs> It's so fucking like, oh my god! Yeah. Next week, the mob war intensifies, and then I, and then other stuff that I'm extremely excited about. Fox, I just man, dread. That's cold as ice. Hey man, dread knows what's best for this city, and sometimes what's best for this city is a giant mob war, dude. It's oh, fair. Man. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Uh, I don't know. Take these guys out with a bang. Episode sixty-seven. Progs 223-227. August 1981. Thrill 4, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Script Robot, John Wagner and Alan Grant, writing as TV Grover. Art Robots, Ron Smith and Brian Ball in Letter Robot. That Tom Frame. Tom, 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 Tom. That's all I got. All right. Frame. <laughs> let's uh, finish Beautiful. up. <laughs> let's finish up the mega rackets here, Fox. Oh, man. So the Mofiosa. There are these guys. They're causing a big old mob war among the mega rackets. There's elevators full of dead bodies, drive-by shootings, all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Eventually, everyone decides the war is bad for business, and the heads of the rackets call a meeting with the Mofiosa. Definitely for not trying to kill them, though. No, no, we won't bring guns, man. The Justice Department, of course, (laughs) tracks all this and prepares the riot squad. Despite being patted down, the the bosses have planned for violence. They're tossing around explosive watches and shooting guys with cane guns and all kinds of stuff. 
It's pretty great. (laughs) Things are getting rough until the judges roll in with riot hoses that incapacitate both the crooks and the aliens who are vulnerable to water. The, uh, the mofioso try to, try to claim self-defense once again, like in last, uh, episode, but the judge has a general, but dread is general rule of thumb. One instance, one instance of self, of self-defense is fine. A second is a booking offense. Take these guys to the alien pen. <laughs> so great. But man, I was, I, I had to rush through those mega rackets, Fox, because we're all here for mm-hmm. one thing this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the return, and that's, uh, you know, well, let's get to it. At the Hall of Justice, Cy Judge Anderson lies in state, encased in Boeing, trapping both her and the evil judge death that resides inside her mind. Supreme sacrifice. A monster dwells within her. You'll, of course, remember Judge Death from episode 41, um, episodes 41 and 42 of this podcast, of course, Fox. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty ci- awesome. Pretty awesome. A citizen remains behind after the tour and uses a laser torch to punch a hole in the Boeing and in the judge garden the exhibit late at night. This hole allows Judge Death's cloud-like spirit to flow free. And this judge Death the is dude. Free. I thought maybe he was working. Uh, for death or something, but instead it's just like, no, he just seems crazy. Yeah, like death possesses the guy and walks off into the night, killing judges as he goes. The whole thing's soon discovered. Dred's called in and Anderson is free. Check everyone who came in here. We've got to find death stat. So, so, so yeah, the man returns to his home at that in the Billy Carter block. Billy Carter, of course, being the beer-making brother of President Jimmy Carter. Um, and I guess, yeah, his wife was being held hostage, but has been killed, mm. even though he did what he was requested of by the other three, by the three dark judges, fear, fire, and mortis. It's the coolest fucking shot, like, just all black with them silhouetted just looking so sweet. Absolutely, yeah. All these judges are cool, man. Uh, Judge Mortis has like a uh, like like a goat skull head. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Judge Fire is on fire and sort of a flaming skeleton <laughs> dude. And Judge Death is like covered in armor, and he's got this face, and, and, and like his helmet has like this furnace um, grate on it that he can like open and close. <laughs> so silly. It's good, dude. So. It's time to bring back Judge Death. The uh, the man who sort of freed him is dra- has his whole life force drained away by Judge Mortis and is treated by these weird uh, dead fluids. As which we don't know what they are. We saw them last time too, I guess. Uh, Dread heads out to the Billy Carter block as Death takes possession of his new body and dons his garb of office. The judge, de- the dark judges, explain that when Death did not return. They know it. They, uh, they, they, they came to try to free him. And now it's time to bring the justice of death to this world. And hey, we brought this orb that yeah. makes a giant shield around whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Death activates a shield orb that creates a glowing, like, field around the Billy Carter block. Dread and the judges can't get in. And the dark judges begin their grim work, killing everybody at a swanky party. It's pretty great. Just setting people on fire, yeah. sticking their arms through people, 
uh, showing people their face through their weird faceplate. And scaring them to death, apparently. Yeah, you, 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 you <laughs> yeah. kind of get a sense of all the uh, Dark Judge's powers in this in this prog. Mm. Uh, citizens try to escape the block, the, uh, the block, but as they run into the shield, they are instantly incinerated. <laughs> 50 people die. Dred's like, we can't worry about them. There's 70,000 people on that block, and they're all in mortal danger. Yeah, like, he's just like, 50, talk to me when we get to 70, right. am I right? That's not even like 1%. The dark judges are rampaging <laughs> through Billy Carter. They're sentencing everyone they come across. There's even like some little comedy spots where like death visits someone in the shower and like kills them there and stuff. Um, oh, God. Outside the block, Judge Anderson arrives to give Dredd the lowdown about the three judges, the th- the, uh, the four dark judges being in there. Back inside, the block defense corps tries to make a stand against the judges, but their weapons have no effect. Back outside. In Peanut Park. In Peanut Park. Final pl- final stand in Peanut Park. Because, like, uh, his brother, right? Fucking Carter liked peanuts or whatever. Oh, that's right. He was a peanut yeah. farmer. It had nothing to do with Billy Carter, but whatever. I mean, I feel like peanuts, they, they right? grew up on a peanut farm, you know? Oh, there you go. Maybe that's the thing. It's close enough. I just didn't realize. Yeah. So, back <laughs> out. Tangential peanut connection. No, it's fine, man. That's an important connection to make, I think. Back outside, Anderson uses her psychic abilities to allow both her and Dredd to breach the shield and enter the block, but death instantly sends a sexy hug first. Well, you know, they got to kind of do a, do a lean on me, lean on you as we push through this psychic barrier, you know? So, All I'm saying is, I like Judge Anderson. <laughs> hey, why not? As well, you should. So, Dredd and Anderson are through. The Dark Judges split up, and Anderson senses the location of the shield. They make their way to find it, but are stopped by Judge Fire. After so a, cool. After a can of Boeing proves to be ineffective, and in fact, it kind of makes things worse, uh, Dredd collapses <laughs> the ceiling onto the flaming judge, trapping him under the rubble. Anderson and Dredd arrive at the apartment with the shield in it, and they confront Judge Fear. Uh, Fear sort of tosses... Bear trap? Yeah, like a like like one of those toothed like slam shut bear traps that Anderson catches her, um, and who seems fine. It doesn't seem to have pierced her in any way. No, it just sort of catches her and attaches to her, I guess. And then he grabs Dread, opens his face mask, gaze into the face of fear. <laughs> but you know, Judge Dread, man, fear doesn't work on that guy. Instead, it's time for you to gaze into the fist of dread. Just punches him right through the helmet. This is easily the most famous Judge Dread panel of all time. Jesus, <laughs> the gaze into the fist it's... of dread, into the fist of debt of, of dread. It's on T-shirts. It's on everything. <laughs> it's so great. It's so awesome. Anderson hits hits fear with some incendiary rounds and dread takes out the shield as the spirit of fear flies away the shield is down and it's time to hit the block with everything you've got next Next time death's dark dominion dude these dark judges dude oh they're so good they're so evil they're pretty sweet they're pretty sweet i i've got to say the judge fear is the goofiest 
goof. It, like, there's this shot of him, like, when they're all showing their powers, like, walking around doing it. Mm-hmm. There's all these bodies around him, mm-hmm. right? As he's leaning, hunched over, opening up his thing, showing a guy's face, saying, gaze into the guys of fear. And I'm just thinking, is he going, like, one by one? It's true. Like, he's definitely, as opposed to even, like, a dread like a death and mortis who just sort of jam their fists into people and stuff. Death apparent death or a, sorry, fear seems to like to really make each kill a personal event. You know, he's got a speech yeah, plan. Really getting close. Does a thing. Meanwhile, judge fire is just like, oh, I'm burning everybody. I don't care. He's, Whatever. He's like my favorite. He looks so awesome. And he's just like, I'm going to burn you with my fire trident. Yeah. He's just like a trident wielding fascist human torch. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. And then you had one other one who, yeah, I like who these you like. Oh, yeah, totally. They're good, dude. These dark judges. If you like, uh, uh, if, if, if you want more backstory, this, there's a, a long running story called Fall of Dead World that's got all the backstory for, um, what? for Judge Death's world and stuff. It's sort of still ongoing by a semi friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Keck W and stuff. It's real good. It's got a Bro. real. It's got a real interesting art style and stuff, and it's still it's still like going on. Like you know, new chapters of it are appearing in the progs as we speak, and it actually awesome. does parts to it. Actually, like makes Judge Fear a lot scarier, and just sort of you get a chance to kind of see him sort of you know going around Dead World and being all terrifying, and everybody being freaked out by him and stuff. You know, that's great. I want to read that. Hey, man, we just got to go, you know, like eight, 1,800 more progs. Uh, Maybe like 1,700 uh, we'll get there. Uh, it's coming. Honestly, there's going to be a lot more Judge, De- Judge Death stuff as we just make our way through. Um, he's a popular of villain course. and stuff, you know. Episode 68, progs 228 to 231. September 1981. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. (laughs) Script robot for Judge Dredd, uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover, art robot Brian Bolland and Colin Wilson, letter robot Tom Frame. Tom, 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 we love you. That's all I got. Frame? So, the shield is down. Hit the Billy Carter block with all you've got. The worm is turned for Which dark I guess judges. Means exploded. <laughs> Listen, just keep shooting. It's full of demons. We just got to get it out of here. <laughs> um, the dark judges are know they're in trouble. They grab their teleport globes and go back to their home dimension. Dread, however, is not satisfied with this outcome. He and Anderson grab a teleport sphere as well, and they. Uh, sorry, they get it from the body of Judge Fear, I should mention, and then they teleport after them, and they arrive on Dead World, where life is illegal, and giant twisted city blocks uh, rise up from the ground, which is a carpet of human bones. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty bad news if you arrive on a planet full of human bones. Anytime the ground is carpeted with human bones is a bad time. It was true in the future of Terminator, it's true now. Um, and like right outside of this uh, city block, they've erected a statue, and mm-hmm. I say it's the four judges. It's no one else because it just says on the statue that they've erected. Here marks the spot where the last lawbreaker was given justice, which means the last <laughs> so they made person it. was killed. <laughs> One yeah. of them is an amazing artist. That's all I'm saying. No, they definitely built in their spare time for sure. 
Um, they got a lot of it when everyone's dead, I guess. Yeah. Anderson is swamped by the cries of the planet's dead calling for revenge. The three remaining living dark judges confront the pair. Next, yeah, next to that statue the Fox mentions. Dread opens fire, but it has no effect, and he gets hit in the shoulder by fire's trident. Bad news, really. Yeah. And he's already tried shooting them before. Like it's worked before, though. Man. Like you hit him with the incendiary bullets, or not, not, not Judge uh, Fire. The other ones, their bodies will be destroyed. Uh, um, Anderson's gun melts in her hands because the judges are incredibly powerful here in their own world. She comes under psychic assault from them. She falls to her knees and feels the agony of millions of tormented souls through the bones in the ground. And from them, she draws immense power. Power to sentence the dark judges to death! Oh, man. Guess they're going to turn to dust. Yeah, they crumble to dust where they stand, and it's over. The dark judges are defeated forever! Judge Death will return in 1985. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, Judge Fear in this, like, when they're showing all the heads kind of hovering around Anderson. Yeah. Fear, actually, his faceplate is open, and it's like a universe of a thousand eyes looking at you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Fair deuce. It's pretty pretty creepy. I like it a lot. So, yeah, so like I said, Judge Death will return in 1985. Anderson will be back sooner, dealing with slightly more mundane concerns and about 20 progs or so in the pages of The Apocalypse War. But don't worry about that. That sounds awesome. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) But yeah, man, Judge Death and Judge Death Lives. That's a classic Judge Dredd story, like one of the classic ones, to be honest. Well, I love Judge Anderson, mm-hmm. and every time you put Judge Anderson into a thing, I'm very happy, and then Judge Death and his three boys show up, mm-hmm. and wow. they start wrecking house. It's pretty damn good, man. What's not to like? Um, I'm, yeah, I, I, they killed all of the people. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. <laughs> hey, speaking of killing all the people, it's Diary of a Mad Citizen. Yeah, it's a oh, nut- this dread story. Nuts. Yeah, the title's probably based on a Russian short story, uh, Diary of a Madman, which was a ri- um, ironically written by a guy named Gogol, like uh, Brother Gogol, in, in Nemesis this this month. Huh. Though, it could also be inspired by an Ozzy Osbourne album that was going to come out in November of 1981. It's probably not based on the Tyler Perry movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> It's just because that didn't come out till 2005. <laughs> so, and no one's inspired by fucking Tyler Berry. Oh, man. Anyhow, uh, Doby Queeg, he's tired of it all. He steals a bunch of weapons from his Block City Defense Armory, killing a guard on the way. And he's going to kill anybody who annoys him. And he gets annoyed pretty easily. Um, yeah. I mean, like, a dude coming to just do his job and being like, bro, get out of here. He just shoots him with a shotgun a whole right. bunch. Yeah. So, you know, this whole story is told from uh, Queeg's point of view, and it's kind of got a funny tone because he's just like, you know, I awoke on the third day, like, preparing to uh, begin my new life as someone who who uh, stands up for himself when he's actually just like, you know, like, got his guns, like, I'm going to kill anybody who touches me, you know? 
I I love that he talks about and it, it he does this a couple of times where he's just like I'm going to sleep now. I woke up feeling refreshed and it was yeah. really great. <laughs> and I knew that if anyone fucked with me, I was going to kill them a lot. Yeah, his, so his, I went outside. His opening move is just to gun down a guy in the street for jostling him. Uh, Dread yeah. investigates. He calls it in as a footsie case, which is someone who's suffering from future shock. Later, Queeg guns down Judge Slassinger for being a nosy Parker. Ah, oh, don't be a nosy Not Parker. Slassinger. <laughs> and then he blows up a fuel station to cover his tracks. But all this killing, killing nosy, killing of nosy Parkers makes him late for his job as a munch taster and he gets fired. Later in the day, he ambushes his former boss and tosses him out a window. The body lands on a passing bus and causes a huge crash. <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody fires me. Mm-hmm. Quig tries to escape, but in the hubbub, he, uh, Dread shoulders past him. He jostles him, and man, he hates to be jostled, so he swears revenge on Judge Dread. Dude, Dread puts his hand on his face and shoves him backwards. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty high. It's, really qu- great. it's a high level jostling, to be sure. <laughs> yeah. The next day, Queen gets in a cab and asks to be taken to Judge Dread, and the driver's like, "That's a ridiculous thing to ask. I can't do that." Uh, so <laughs> Queen kills him, and the cab goes on autopilot, takes him back to the dispatcher, where Dread is called in. But before he can arrive, Queen gets out. He starts killing everybody in the cab dispatcher. That he. Con- Commandeers a bus and has it roll out on the Patpoon Expressway. J- Dread gives chase. On the bus, Queek starts shooting other cars. He throws bombs into the back of the bus he's on, causing it to crash. What the fuck? It's, this guy's crazy. Uh, Dread finally arrives on the scene. He shoots the gun out of Queek's hand and then kicks him right in the face. Um, Jostle number two. Later, we see Quig uh, continuing to write on his in his diary from inside a Rube Cube, strapped in a straitjacket, his resolved unweakened as he dictates to a psychiat to a psychologist spot, and that guy was a nutter. Awoke, refreshed, and alert. And ready to carry on my new lifestyle. However, certain difficulties have been placed in my way. <laughs> I, I love that you can shoot a cab driver here, or a cab driver can die, and it's like, hey, listen, just letting you know, cab driver's dead now, we're returning over to this place, just remain calm, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's an autopilot for that, for sure. So I fucking love it. Finally, the Kilomunga are attacking Mega City 1. They're, oh, God, they're super creepy. Yeah, they're these furry nightmare guys with long hair, sharp teeth, and horrifying crab claws for hands. They climb right up the side of the border wall and begin their assault as killing as they go. Earlier that day, we see Shaky Pete Coco is turning judges' evidence to dread at a, uh, at a Justice Department eye block, a heavily fortified skyscraper. Coco's spilling his guts as mob blitzers attack the block and hover cars. All I'm saying is don't employ a dude that's called Shaky Pete. It's true. It's, you know, but I guess you just, you have to deal with what you're given when you're in, in the future mob, you know? Uh, lasers that's open fire. Weird. Yeah, they destroy most of them. Even a kamikaze attack just bounces off the side of the block. The blitzers give up. It's time to go for the last resort to take down Coco before he can give, he can give everybody up. A mobster heads out to the cursed earth, to the cursed earth, signals the Gila Munga, and pays them ten million creds to take down Shaky Pete. 
The Gila kill one of their own to seal the deal and establish their evil bona fides because the most evil guy is the guy that kills his own guys. So watch out, Judge Dredd. Watch out for the Gila They're coming for you. The hell are they going to do with money? They've got pincers for hands. It's a good point. Like, I was surprised if I had pincers for hands well, yeah. and made out of poison, you know? Yeah, poison pincers. Just to eat what I wanted. It's true, but, you know, maybe they, like, uh, want to buy some stuff from the Home Shopping Network or something, you know? They just need cash for that. <laughs> That's pretty fair. You gotta, like, gets to buy stuff on the on Amazon wish lists for their friends, you know? <laughs> they need they cash. They like little porcelain angels, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, they got hum- humble figurines, but they keep breaking them with their t- terrifying claws. <laughs> they gotta keep buying them, too. It's a vicious circle, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. It's, it's pretty toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 70. Progs 232 to 236. October 1981. Thrill 3. Judge Dredd. And so, script robots, Alan Grant and John Wagner's TV Grover. Art robots are John are John Cooper, Ron Smith, and Mick McMahon. Letter robot, Tom Frame. God, I love those credit cards. Credit shields? Yeah, it's a, it's a shield, I guess, because it's different from the card, you know? But it doesn't have a have a name on it the way the shield does, yeah, the card does in the progs, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, cool. yeah. So the Gilamunga, they're on their way to kill mob informant Shaky Pete Coco. Um, they're looking real evil as they loom over the city and with their weird pincers, I guess. Oh, yeah. Besides their claw hands, the poison on those claws, their teeth, and their bad attitude, we learned the Gilamunga also have camouflage capabilities. They try to enter the armored eye block that Coco's held in via the air ducts, but run afoul of booby traps. Um, Others are taken down by defensive guns on the roof. But when a judge goes out to check the bodies, he's attacked and several find their way inside. Uh, I love that this whole building is movie trapped. It's great. Yeah, well, you know, they know people are going to try to die hard their way in there, buddy. Um, so so got to stick some some spike sword things into the, yeah. into the ventilation ducts. Absolutely. So Dredd goes out to fight him. He takes down a bunch, though he does manage to take a hit right on his helmet, but is largely unscathed. He stops the final Gilamunga just as it's tearing down the door to get to Shakes. But when he enters the room, he sees that Shakes has, in fact, still died because his nerves couldn't take the stress. Chalk one up to the Gilamunga after all. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, they did it. Their religion uh, foresaw them, I guess, just murdering dude. Hey, man, they're good at what they do because the crazy crab monsters. <laughs> so, Fox... So, Conrad. In the world of Judge Dredd, you need 15 years in the Academy to become a judge. So long. But during your 12th year, you and your fellow cadets head out into the Cursed Earth for a live armored, for a live fire test under the supervision of two, of two senior judges. Uh, you go on a patrol, the survivors have a chance to continue on as judges. Um, and it's, it's called the Hot Dog Run. <laughs> so I feel like 12 years, right? You've invested 12 years into these yeah. now, like, really heavily trained people. They've got two yeah. years left, and this is when you do... Three years left, yeah, you got... Sorry, three years left, and this is when you do your exam. Yeah, you, well, you, you come in, you know, you come into the academy when you're, like, five years old. So these guys are now, like, about 17. Um, and, yeah, they're basically just sort of... This is like the... 
you know, the final before the fight, it's sort of, you know, moving on. It's like the SAT. It's sort of a summation of all of your grade school and uh, high school work. And then before you enter into uh, college to actually fi- do finish up becoming a judge, you know? Have you learned how to do a sweet tuck and roll while abandoning your awesome motorcycle? Yeah, you know. Slash in? Can you kill like 20 dudes with, um, and keep cool under fire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> so oh, god i love this yeah so you 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 after the run you have a chance you know there's a you'll get passed and you'll go on to be to the final three years becoming a judge although that's less likely when you're heading out with judges dread and giant oh judge giant, giant. all right I love you please <laughs> never stop showing up you're like one of my favorite characters oh no Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? I can't tell you. So no. um, I'm having trouble keeping all these cadets' names straight, Fox. But there's like eight of them. Um, one's named Decent's Qu- the one you really gotta know. Yeah, one's named Quaid, who I believe is the first uh, black female judge we've seen so far, or judge cadet, oh. I guess in this case. But still, um, so the patrol is investigating a uh, or is, is going after a bunch of mutant marauders. They stop to investigate a supply co- convoy. Looking for to get on the trail. Um, while they're investigating, they get hit by an ambush. They take down quite ably, interrogating suspects and all that stuff. Uh, the judges bed down for the night on a hilltop where Cadet Spode forgets to turn on the bike sensors. <laughs> that should be gut protecting them. Meanwhile, at a nearby aquaponic Munts farm, and here we see that full-grown Munts fruits look a lot like human heads. Oh, the mutant marauders! Why did you put that in to yeah. that. That's it's weird. What right? the hell, man? Yeah. Freak out with this weird month stuff. But so the mutant marauders looking all gross with their various skin pustules and so forth. Oh yeah, roll in with the badass tank to start harvesting the normals. <laughs> Dude, it's a lemon rust. Yeah, no, it's oh fox. Oh man. It's not, though, because Lemon Russes only have one tank tread on each side, and this thing is okay. two. Okay, you know what, buddy? I gotta... You know what? I gotta... You know what, buddy? I'm nerd-checking you, Holmes. That's how it goes. Let's let's do this. Looks like... <laughs> I'll find, I'll find like, a Lemon Russ special with, like, two tank treads in the Oh, Fortral doesn't count. That That's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just something someone scratch-built using leftover shit, then, yeah, okay, you can do anything in that case. Oh God, I I love you. <laughs> Come coming at me with your forty k references. My God, the cheek—that's what it is. It's just—it's the cheek, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, all right. I mean, let's. I'll find I'll find something in this yet to yeah. talk about Star Trek, and then we'll see what's up. Okay, <laughs> let's yeah. do it. Yeah, let's so. do it. I will. I mean, I probably won't. But I'm making that idle threat. Do it. I'm ready. Yeah, so the hot dog run, they're on the trail. Oh, sorry. So, blah, 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 blah. oh, God, I'm lost. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. So, Dread Giant and the cadets roll out to take on the marauders, who are all real ugly, and they're real violent, which is the worst combo for mutant marauders. Uh, <laughs> a firefight ensues. Things get hairy when Cadet Spode accidentally fires ricochets into a crowded room, endangering his fellow judges. 
big time bad idea. Yeah. Some raiders escape, but most of them are killed in the conflict. Afterward, Dredd chews out Spode for his negligence, fails him on the spot. Spode rides home, home alone back to Mega City One, his quest to be a judge over forever. Can't go fucking nearly killing everybody, man. That's like number one. You gotta be on your shit during the hot dog run, especially when it's being run by Dread, man. So, um, the hot dog run is on the trail of the remaining marauders. It's taking them into Tealamunga territory. They come <laughs> Not up- great. No, it's a bad move, man. They come upon the raiders being attacked by the Tealamunga and, and one of the cadets is like, oh, we could just let them take each other out. And Dread's like, that's not how we work, buddy. And why? I love the response he gets. It's like, I, I, who was it? I mean, I'm not going to remember, but whatever. Like, the answer is basically like, we're judges, and we don't let anybody do our job for us. Exactly. Yeah. So they get stuck in, taking down all these guys, just a, like, you know, nine bike cannons just firing into everybody. Oh, my God. It's, I love that shot. It's just like, everybody gets murdered now. Mm-hmm. So the the Heelamunga go to run, and when the cadets try to follow, Dread calls them back because they're here for the Marauders, not the Heelamunga. The oh, yeah. cadets do a body count looking for mutant leader Scabby Hayes, and they find him, but in the process, Cadet Leeson gets cut by one of the claws of a dead Heelamunga and is instantly poisoned Come to death. Come on, buddy. You gotta be careful about these guys. They got razor-sharp poison crab claws, dude. Like the <laughs> one thing you had to, like, not ignore on mm-hmm. the corpse of this, like, massive caveman. Yep. And you dinged it up. That's how you, that's how, you know, that's why you can't be a judge. Plus you're dead. But, you know? But you get, you get to lay your body to rest and you get a badass salute. <laughs> yeah. The raiders are defeated, and after, yeah, after Leeson's buried, Dredd gives evaluations. Uh, Schumacher is expelled for messing up a bunch. Mingus and Quaid are suspended, but will be allowed to retake the hot dog run when their instructors think they're ready. And Cruz and Russell are passed. Though, even with the past, it's still three years away from being judges, so don't celebrate just yet. Love the way this ends. Yeah, they ride like, up into, into the sunset, and Judge Giant's like, oh man, like, two passes, Tread? Like, you're going easy on these guys, and Dred's like, you know what, you're probably right, these guys all suck. <laughs> it's like, I must be going soft in my, old, in my old age. Like, oh man, I mean, I know we're about to get to Block War, but just one, I, I really liked the yeah. hot dog run this is a, a lot. This is this is a, a pretty classic dread story. In fact, just getting a, some more look at the academy and how people um, learn how to become judges and stuff, and just sort yeah. of what you know how they project force into the cursed earth, which, which I think is pretty interesting. Just sort of in looking at the uh, at the justice department as an actual law enforcement agency. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, they started the whole thing with like, ah, oh, goddamn, got Judge Dread. This is going to be like the worst and. Mm-hmm. Giant's just like, you're going to be fucking happy you had him if you ever make it to being a judge, bro. Yeah. Like, this guy's the best for a reason. Yeah. And remember how uh, how Dredd actually did Judge Giant's evaluation to go from being a cadet to a full-time judge. Exactly. And, like, despite some bumbling, he still passed because he was awesome. Yeah, it's the best, man. Big time there for Cal and stuff, you know? But yeah. so, now it's time, Fox. Block Mania! God. So, the whole city's going wild, and only Judge Dredd can stop it. Dot, 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 maybe. 
<laughs> it starts when Melda dreeps of the Dantana block. Dantana, of course, being Robert Urich's character on the show Vegas with the dollar sign. Um, she's hit in the face by a falling freezy whip from the Enid Blyton block. We've seen the Enid Blyton block before. In episode 42, it was the setting of Night of the Blood Beast, where oh. a Clegg got trapped in a couple's... Uh, basement and they were sort of ho- keeping it hostage to uh keeping it yeah well like to sell, sell it yeah, yeah to sell it to somebody but then it got starved and just ate everybody just oh. listening to their heartbeats god i remember yeah. that that, that's it was it was driven mad things happened on that block yeah it's a tough block yeah they, it, it was driven mad by the sound of their heartbeats because they wouldn't give it meat to eat it was pretty awesome um I- value of Judge Stretch is amazing. <laughs> I mean, now that we're 70 issues in, we're really starting to develop a lot of, like, sort of backstories and overlapping things in the character of Mega City 1. It's pretty awesome, you know? Um, who's, who's the guy that, that shot around the sun that we're still waiting for? Oh, I, I, I don't know if he's ever going to come back, but I, I remember who you're talking about. I forget his name, though. Yeah. Um, Whitey? Anyway. No, Whitey was the first guy Judge Dredd fought that got tossed on desert on Devil's Island. For killing a judge, right. he'll Damn. be he'll be appearing in the Judge Dread Annual. I think that's coming up next episode. Great. I'm so happy. Um, but so in the uh, in the public meeting room of Dantana, everybody's spoiling for a rumble, and Melda suggests that they declare war on the Blighteners. The motion is carried, and the war is on. Uh, as they come storming out of their block to attack several other nearby blocks, including Ricky Fulton, who was a Scottish comedian and actor, uh, Henry Kissinger, the German-born uh, U.S. Secretary of State war criminal, um, Pancho Villa, the Mexican wow. revolutionary, and Betty Crocker, the uh, fictional creator of various cake and, bi- and baking mixes, all decide to get in on the action. <laughs> it's... Uh... It's a ballroom blitz. It's a ball. Yeah, man in the back said everyone attack, which is ironic based on what's actually going to happen. As a real- anyway, um, so wow. Dread leads the charge in trying to quell the Tana Blighton rumble, spraying riot foam and stuff. But a six block yeah. war is a whole different animal. They're just surrounded. Like they've got two kind of hovery tanks and like a couple of of. Uh- uh, yeah. Lawmaster bikes. Yeah, they got and bikes and they like got a, some yeah, mage wagons, but it's not enough for all these guys. Yeah, they're just like, a, oh god, this is a lot of very dangerous people running right directly at us. Yeah, next time, all war on the northern front. God, uh, it's it's really awesome looking. M- uh, McMahon does some I great was, stuff. I was not expecting yeah. it. He does some great stuff in this story. Just, I, I really love when he shows all the different people storming out of their blocks. And it's all basically identical pictures, but people have slightly different clothing. And it sort of says the name of the block above them in like different kinds of texts and stuff. And they all like come out like, you know, chanting their different block names and things like that. It's so cool. I just like, I, I can, in my mind's mind, I'm just like, this is how bored people are. Yeah, in definitely. City. They just seem to start a war with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Block Mania is a big deal, Fox. It's actually the start of a larger story, but Block Mania itself is going to take us through the rest of the year. Well, that's awesome. So I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be just, ooh, this is just high quality Judge Dredd stuff right here. <laughs> so this is a, this is a, the start of another Judge Dredd epic? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is sort of. Act one of a big Judge Red Mega Epic. Oh man, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm buddy. I'm so into that. This I'm one. so into it. Episode 72. 
Progs 237-240. November 1981. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. <laughs> God. Well, we made it through that. Script Robots, John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover, Art Robots, Mick McMahon and Ron Smith, letting robot Tom Frame. Tom Frame. So where last we left our intrepid judges, there was a six-block war going on, and the right foam isn't doing nearly enough, and even, like, <laughs> live bullets are barely enough just to, like, clear a path for these judges to get through places. Dude, it's pretty bad. So much so they overturn... One of the pat wagons. Totally. So, Dread orders a riot tank to start firing stum gas <laughs> into the crowds. Which the, uh, has a chance of killing one in every, like, 280 people or something yeah, like that. 200, yeah, but there's literally tens of thousands of people rioting among these blocks. Like, each block has, like, 50,000 people in them, and they're all fighting. Like Better than all of them dead. Seriously. Basically. Yeah. As they're doing this, a tank gets knocked over by heavy weapons from the Pancho Villa block. Son and, of a bitch. Uh, but luckily, some well-placed tank shells take them down. The blocks are mostly pacified, and Dredd is called into Justice HQ. Uh, and apparently, we see massive block wars have cropped up all over the north, the north quadrant of the city. And very specifically, the north. Yeah. To- yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's uh, there's no explanation, but they must be dealt with before this entire damn megalopolis goes up in flames. And so a hard cut to a giant burning Carner uh, Ted uh, Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, Carner Ted Armstrong was an American evangelist, and now even the mopads are getting in on Block Wars, just driving around and shooting the whole place up. <laughs> It's pretty rad. They're just driving in a yeah. circle. But then they all get blown up by partisans from the Googie Withers block. Oh, my God. It's all out. <laughs> They're just killing everybody. Googie Withers is a British actress, by the way. Um, at Justice Central, Dread contacts a North Block sector house and finds out that even the judges are like giving into block mania. Which yeah, is what tough. the hell? Yeah, like, that's not supposed to happen, right? They're, like, supporting the different blocks that they sort of go on their beats and stuff like that. Uh, Dredd has some unaffected judges just sort of pull some block maniacs out of the out of the fray just to run some tests on them and stuff. <laughs> just <to laughs> um, airlift them out. Meanwhile, judges are putting up electro cordons between buildings that fry anybody that tries to move between them. Dude, it's fucked. It's just a giant electrical crackle prison. It's crazy, yeah. Luckily, suddenly our buddy Max Normal shows up. Yeah, Maxie! Max Normal. A lot of Max Normal in this last end of the year, Fox. I think he's Fuck. been in so every episode. <laughs> like, well, he's going to be in every episode until the end of the year. Sort of starting last, starting like two episodes ago, because he was in like the Summer Sudden Sci-Fi Special too. <laughs> so awesome. He's so beautiful. Yeah, totally. He's not affected by block mania, but informs, of course, because he's Judge Dredge's snitch, that um, his block, the Ricardo Montalban block, have developed a nerve gas that, re- that reacts with common plastine, and they're manufacturing enough to kill thousands of city blocks in one fell swoop. Which, what the hell? Seriously, we gotta stop him. Dread orders Normal to be taken in for testing to figure out why he isn't <laughs> suffering from block mania, and then snags a couple judges to take down those fine Corinthian leather bastards. Dude. That's a Ricardo Montalban joke. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, 
<laughs> the uh, so Black Wars they're evolving uh, as a, one of the initial combatants Dantana rallies for a final push over at Charlton Heston Block they've made an alliance with with, with Ricardo Montalban to make poison gas as we saw last Prague you know what the hell Charlton Heston of course I shouldn't have to say but you know classic American actor he was in mm. Planet of the Apes and later a uh, NRA whack job anyhow very opinionated in these uh, um, comics now. I'm all over the place. Um, Beautiful. Anyhow, um, so basically, yes, despite their best eff- the best efforts of Dredge, Dredd and the other judges, uh, the combined efforts of Multibon and Heston create a uh, cause a plastine factory to start belching out black clouds of death. Oh, it's like it. They just they were supposed to blow up a bunch of the convoy, but I guess two got in and they just start churning that shit yeah. out. Dread manages to call in an airstrike to destroy the factory, but it's too late despite uh, the best efforts oh. of a very Starship Enterprise-looking weather control satellite. That's right. They they used uh, giant sonic cannons yeah, to, dis- to, to destroy, destroy all the smokestacks and stuff of the, of the factory. That was fucking awesome. It's and yeah, really awesome. Do. So much of this stuff is awesome. I can't stress it enough. Uh, giant black clouds of death engulf both Dantana, Charlton Heston, and a few other blocks, killing everybody it comes in contact with until a man-made cyclone comes down to clear it up. It gets sucked into the engines of the not Enterprise. You know, hundred, like tens of thousands dead now. <laughs> Dread Dread calls in just widespread sonic cannon use. We have to get these blocks pacified, even if it kills all 150 million residents in the North Side. Man, just means that affordable rent and whatnot. Something. Uh, so wide pattern sonic beams knock out the block the block fighters in the north side. Basically, just sonic beams knock you out, and then they just sort of reapply them every couple hours when people start coming to. <laughs> But it's also just you know the process of this is just killing dudes like straight up. The physical cost is super high. Tests on Max Normal have identified the cause of the mania, which is something that's making the hypothalamus go into overdrive, increasing both pack instincts and natural aggression, causing massive block war. Just want to note that unlike the cover, he's just wearing striped underwear. (laughs) Uh, The tech judges are still looking for a cure. Meanwhile, block mania has begun to show up on the south side, too. As Fats Domino blows up Rudy Valley and the Pronte cover, what? Fats Domino's dead now too. I know it's sad, man. The hell, this block's going down, and he went down. Jeez, he knew we were doing this podcast. I guess. Meanwhile, (laughs) also the uh, the Bronte Conurb goes up in flames, which I think is pretty hilarious because it's this set of three buildings, like the three Bronte sisters. You know. Mm. (laughs) Oh. The judges try to keep things under control, but they're but they're slipping as me as the mania starts up in the west sectors as well. It's getting fucking out of control everywhere. Seriously, Dread finally gets a call. Someone who knows the cause of the block mania. <gasps> they demand immunity, but even as they're asking for it, a pair of evil-looking gloved hands comes up behind them. Next time, assault on hell. Oh my god. This is a. Uh, I was really, really, really fucking engaged with, uh, right? with this run of Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's really intense. Yeah, it really draws you forward in just the scale and like 
terror of this block war is really amazing. Like well, just like the death count alone and how seriously. they're just like, oh, well, we shouldn't use this. Okay, now we're going to use it. Now we're going to use this. They're just yeah. like upping the serious damage they could cause just against the citizens because it's like, well, Def- it's against yeah. the law and also protection. Definitely, yeah. This series started being drawn by Mick McMahon, but they changed to Ron Smith. And I think that's a good change because I've said this before, but no one destroys Mega City 1 like Ron Smith. You know, the level of detail he can get into his art to just to show the kind of terror and the huge crowd scenes and stuff that this block war really requires. It's really friggin' good. Yeah, is so key for this storyline, you know? Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah. You know, we'll finish up Block War next week, Fox. Really? But then it transitions into something even crazier. Oh, my God. What, what the fuck? You'll see. Oh, man, I'm excited. I, I just I want to know how this concludes, because so far it's with the deaths of, like, a lot of innocent people. I mean, yeah, you know, you're right, but let's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> it's the journey. All right, buddy. Episode 74. Progs 241 to 244. December 1981. Oh, yeah. Judge Dredd. <laughs> oh, man. So script yeah. robot John Wagner and Alan Grant, T.B. Grover, art robot Ron Smith, and Steve Dillon, letting robot Tom Frame. Tom Frame, Tom Frame, Tom Frame, Tom Frame, Tom Frame. Oh. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. You, I'm, I've been gotten, dude. Absolutely. You got, you got Eiffel forty uh, sixth. What are they? Sixty one. I don't, I don't know. know. You, uh, you beat me again um, <laughs> with your references. So the, uh, the Kurt Vonnegut looking citizen that was going to inform <laughs> on the case of Block Mania in exchange for immunity gets killed via piano wire right in front of Judge Dredd. Oh God. Worst way to go, FYI. Yeah. Dread can only see the perp's awesome studded gloves. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, he's got to get to the Frank Zappa block to investigate, but it's in the heart of Block Mania, with blocks just firing in every direction. Alliances and strategies Giant gone. Cannons. Giant cannons pointed out of all of the blocks, just yeah. like shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you, Conrad, mm-hmm. I am really in love with with this block mania shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome, right? <laughs> it is some of the coolest, most destructive shit. This this run that Judge Shred has to do is epic. He gets into a flying ship, which is then yeah. shot down by one of these giant cannon things. Yeah, by they the uh, crash by, land. They crash at the uh, Jed Clampett block. That's the main character in the Beverly Hillbillies. Fuck yeah, and he's got to blast his way out of the side because he's like, I can't stop, I've got to get there. And anti-judge sentiment's super high, man. He's got to shoot down hordes of angry citizens. He gets hit by a net, and as the bike take the net guys out on autopilot, he, he jumps a broken piece of highway while being pursued by a horde of mopads, which then fall down through like a hole in the highway behind them. He, he finally makes to Frank Zappa, where he's forced to fight through his fellow judges who have succumbed to block mania. Like, just shoots and guns down two of them, and, like, it's a black day. When, yeah, he sorry. just feels <clears throat> bad about it, but he's got to get going. It's a black day when even judges can't be trusted. Ah, ah, excellent. 
Um, so he makes his way into the block. He finds the citizen room, finds his, finds him dead, but the shelves are all full of bottled water, and that's it. The chemical that causes block mania. It's in the water! Oh, God, let them know quick, and <sighs> hey, quick cut to a man fucking dumping some chemicals into a water dispensary. Yeah, we suddenly shift narrative focus, or like to the mission journal of this guy named Orlock, the assassin behind Block Mania. We see him dosing the East Quadrant water system with Block Mania, and then gun down some judges in, cl- in cold blood. He escapes using a satellite, which is an anti-grav device thing. Mind and- you, the, the East part of Mega City is the one that hasn't fallen yet. It's true, so- yeah. Not un- until now, basically, he uh, he hijacks a sludge truck and tries to escape. Even though the judges like stop the truck, he manages to escape on foot, killing even more judges as he goes. This guy is nuts and clearly very good at what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So at Justice Central, they figure out the nature of the toxin, um, and they figure out that 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 it hasn't been affecting judges because they usually have their own water supply either at their state station houses or um, from their bikes. And mm-hmm. that Max Normal only drinks <laughs> champagne and uses Clino spray instead of some other uh, way of cleaning himself, which I gotta say has made me turn a little bit on Max Normal, but that's fine, dude. <laughs> I, if if you could survive with just like synth champagne and Clino spray, I mean, he's the, he's the, the man who's champagne clean. isn't the part that I isn't the part that I'm complaining about. <laughs> the clean spray (laughs) there's something about that clean spray that i don't really trust that much amen (laughs) anyhow the man who's clean i I mean technically i suppose (laughs) the the, the east water plant reports the attack and dread puts out an apb on orlock which is picked up by our buddy judge giant all right judge giant yeah dude oh god The, the the judge quickly finds Orlock. He gives chase, takes him down. But before Giant can bring him in, Orlock gets the jump on Giant with the help of that satellite thing, and he shoots Judge Giant in the back. No, like a dirty, gross bastard! I can't. But Judge Giant is actually dead. I just want to say that the really the real worst thing about that uh, Walter Christmas pinup is that Walter still lives and Judge Giant is dead. Such crap. It I is say- such garbage like the last of the giant clan as far as i know is gone i just really want to apologize to you too someone just called me out for this on the on the 2080 forums um about how i kind of spoiled this for you at the end of the uh, hot dog run with which a giant was on there and i I was like you know don't get too attached or whatever (laughs) well sure but i so i first off i didn't remember that um right but but (laughs) i counting on that i've got a terrible memory but also like i figured like you know maybe like sometime in the 90s which is part of why everyone hated it not fucking right now this was like so so early dude dude i I was a gut punch right i I had to stop like because i've been so bought into this block mania uh totally dread story because uh, it's the first epic that I've been kind of like, this is really fucked up. Yeah. I mean, they're all bad news, but this one so far has been my favorite, and now I'm just really sad. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just a it's a real thing, man. Yeah, G- Dread finds giant bodies, gi- giant's body, but there's no time to grieve. Even now, Orlock is infiltrating Weather Control Central. 
The uh, the tech boys have figured out the nature of the chemical behind the block mania, but they're weeks from an antidote. However, they theorize that Orlock might have been <laughs> might have an antidote in his bloodstream, so that he remains. So we need his blood. We need his blood. <laughs> so Judge Dread. Okay, so we can't make a thing for a while. It's going to be too late. Get his blood, please. No problem, tech guys. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. So Dread puts out a warning to all possible vectors of block mania, including weather control. But it comes too late as Orlock begins executing all the judges aboard the weather station and pours concentrated block mania into the station's filtration system, then starts a massive rain fully saturated with the block mania chemicals. This is really insane. Like, this man is now basically turning this city into a burning inferno. That's right. Yeah, this is going to get the central zone, too. The, uh, the control center is on fire, and there's no other way, and there's no other way to stop the rain. A pot escapes from the satellite, and both an H-Wagon and Dread himself head out on the Buddy Epson spiral to catch Orlock. And, and it's funny because the Jed Clampett block shot down Dread, and uh, Buddy Epson is the guy who played Jed Clampett, so whatever. <laughs> also ties into uh, John Wagner's Low lo of Hillbilly stuff. Anyhow. This is very, God, this, the, this is very interesting. All right. Yeah. So Dread moves to the front of the prog this time as Brian Ballin takes over. And this is actually, I should mention Fox, Brian Ballin's last episode of Dread that he'll draw in, in the uh, progs. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, he, um, I think pretty soon afterwards, he's going to get poached by the Americans, dude. He's going to come over here, draw some, draw some Wonder Woman, draw some Superman, stuff like that, you know. Oh, we're wow. Gonna, we're we're kind of reaching a point, actually, in these sort of like mid to late 200s where a lot of these sort of more realistic British-born artists are going to get poached. Like Dave, you know, oh. Brian Bones is going to go. Dave Gibbons is, is going to go. Those are the big two, I'd say. Wow, that's crazy! It's like such a well, he's like, got such a like good character for him. He's he makes the meat in the man's face. No, he really draws a realistic style, and it's really cool. But you know, all these DC guys are you know it's it's, it's sort of this early '80s. You know, the X Men are sort of draw driving this early '80s renaissance of comics, um, and. And that's gonna and it's gonna start a, a British invasion later on in the eighties. Like that's when Alan Moore goes over and stuff. But before that, um, DC is gonna start poaching artists, especially just because like you can because because everybody's real criminally underpaid in British comics, like super duper underpaid, you know. Really. And so DC can show up and be like, yeah, we'll send we'll pay you like you know a pittance in dollars and it's way more than you're getting in pounds in england basically oh my god or that's what it seems like just reading like sort of like future shock and the mighty one and stuff like that like mm. you know it became a real problem sort of brain drain of uh of, of artists especially being stolen by uh, u.s comics Oh, wow. Anyhow. Man, the more you know. Yeah, just Thank sort you. of an interesting thing. I thought, I sort of wondered, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, Brian Bowen's drawn this. Like, when is he done? Like, oh, right here. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, he'll, he'll draw some other stuff, I think, but this is his last dread. Also, because okay. Scare is about to take over for a long time, also. Ooh. Yeah, freak out. Next, you know, whatever. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> Next, whatever. Uh, See you in 1982. Yeah. Chief Judge Griffin uh, warns about warns the people about going out in the rain, but most citizens don't care. It's pretty much the last time it, it's rained since, like, the Call Me Kenneth stuff way back in 1977. 
It's um, it's definitely they've definitely turned on rain this year that I know of. We've seen like some fog stuff and some occasional stuff, but this is like a citywide rain, I think, which is a big difference. Gotcha. Well, everyone's out in their bathing suit being ding dongs and yep. <laughs> um, Not smart. Yeah the uh, the rain can't um can't the rain can't stop uh dread or the rain won't let dread catch orlock but this giant tidal wave down the epsom spiral will um dread dread and orlock are suddenly they're fighting in knee deep water they're exchanging heavy blows until dread just freaking judo tosses orlock so that the back of his knees land on the broken window of a car like with the glass going into his legs and stuff it's awesome yeah he just impales him and he's just hanging Hanging head down from this window. And in one of the most intense set of three panels I've ever seen in my life ensues. Orlock tosses a bomb of concentrated block mania at Dread, and it drives him mad, but not, unfortunately for Orlock, it's not the kind of mad where he's distracted, but instead the kind of mad where he just kicks the shit out of you for like two panels and you can't fight back. (laughs) Dude, it's so great. He's just holding his shit together, and they pick him up. And like, Dread, oh yeah, man. Dread calls the H wagon and takes Orlock away, and so he's finally able able to drop his mental tension and give in to Block Mania. He's with Rowdy Yates. Who are you with, dude? Luckily, and you a, gotta tranquilize the shit out of that guy because yeah. it's Dread. Luckily, a speedy gas injector full of sedative stops him before he basically just kills every other non Rowdy Yatesier in the vicinity. The vicinity. God, I would not want to see... Like, Dread looking at you angry? No way. (laughs) Also, uh, Rowdy Yates is the character that a young Clint Eastwood played on the TV show Rawhide. Oh, yeah. There you go. Just, you know, dropping these these character info things with these blocks. Uh, Move them on, head them up. Head them on, move them on. Rawhide! Rawhide! Yeah! So great. God damn, I love that song. <laughs> uh, Dread comes too, and it looks like they've been able to figure out a vaccine from Orlock's blood. It's being dis- distributed to essential personnel, but the mania still rages in the streets. It's now citywide. Dude, it's like buildings are toppling over, and uh, it's just, it's still so insane. Under interrogation, the judges learn that Orlock is a judge himself from East Meg 1. Oh, he's a soft blocker. Blav, block mania is a solved plot and a successful one. Madness reigns in the streets. The judge forces are crippled. Mega City One is basically defenseless. And now the Sovs will strike. The missiles are away. Oh, man. Next time, Operation Apocalypse, the death of Mega City One. The Apocalypse War has begun. Merry Christmas, kids. Here's a cliffhanger. I, <laughs> Fuck your Christmas. We're blowing up this city. <laughs> I love this judge saga. It's Man. insane. And it's so, just the most intense thing I've seen in such a long Super intense. Time. Yeah. So like, so that was like basically like I think like nine episodes of Block Mania Fox. Mm-hmm. After this, we're going to get, we're going from like regular epic to mega epic as we get the 25 or so prog, um, apocalypse war what? starting in January, starting January 2nd, 1982. What? Dude, you're going to crap so your pants, many buddy. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> it's all, I really it's, hope not. 
it, it it's all drawn by Ascara. It's all amazing. Oh, it's got really? everybody. It's got everything. Massive changes to the whole setup. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. That's the you, way to see. This is, and I, I'm, I'll get. We'll get into this when we get to the end. But uh, like, I don't give Drev dread as much props as i do some of the other lesser stuff which is to mm-hmm. say that it's always like this great heartbeat this is like grabbed me by my jowls and said if you don't pay attention to me i'll punch you in the face <laughs> that's awesome episode 76 progs 245 to 249 january 1982 drill for judge dread God, the Apocalypse War picture for this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as TB Grover. Art robot Carlos Escara. Writing <gasps> robot Tom Frame. Tom Frame. Anyhow. You're so cool, but no, it's Carlos Escara. It's time to be an art guy. Man, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. It looks great. Respect the badge. He earned it with his blood. Fear the gun. Your sentence might be death because I am the law beautiful don't you fuck around no more i am the law so <laughs> judge dread time buddy uh, yeah. this is the first chapter in the apocalypse war mega epic storyline fox it'll see dread the 21st century future cop in a future united states of mega city one go up against east meg one the heart of the solve block oh they're man. future communists and they're real bad <laughs> they're not here to be nice. They're here to shoot a bunch of nuclear weapons mm-hmm. at you. I'll say just to remind everybody, you know, 2008 <laughs> Judge Dredd is a mix of the two movie versions. Usually he mm. takes down perps and all that stuff, keeps the citizens of Mega City 1 in line. Mega City 1, of course, being the huge megalopolis, basically covers the entire eastern seaboard of the United States into Canada, including like parts of Chicago and like Michigan and like a uh, mainland Michigan, not the UP. <laughs> mm. But today things are going real bad. The city's been paralyzed by block mania and artificial madness that causes the citizens to fight amongst each other in a massive all against all civil war. But even that turned out to just be a diversion for an attack by East Meg one, which begins now. Oh, God. And it's not looking great. <laughs> like you said, Fox, this opens with an, uh, an incredible flash uh, splash screen by, or page by Carlos Escara that just has dread looking tore up with like a big rifle in one side and then endless ranks of East Meg One judges and a bunch of the generals in charge of them and all the planes. You know, the two sides are separated by a huge mushroom cloud. Oh, it's just super awesome. God, just nukes raining from the sky. Different types of bums, too. It's like, uh, what the fuck? It's real, real great. Um, Sets the stage. Definitely. Because, like, this was the cliffhanger for December. Yeah, because December ended with sort of block mania ending and the apocalypse were about to start. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we cut to the Kremlin where the East Meg Dictorat – um, puts the final plans of the Apocalypse War into action. Supreme Judge Joseph Bulgarin presses the button to begin the apocalypse. And then Thou- it's just this montage of like missiles and satellites. Thousands of nuclear missiles spew forth, uh, spew forth as East Meg Space Forces wipe out Mega City One war satellites in, in space. Uh, Strato V assault craft destroys sunk skunk class nuclear submarines in the ocean and um dogfights break out as 
stre- as uh, East Meg plane as East Meg bombers go up against Mega City One H wagons and tornado bombs are dropped on Mega City One missile silos. Just like holy shit. The dictorat mo- the dictocrat moves to their su- their secure underground bunker to ride out the MC1 retaliation, which is surely forthcoming. Should they warn the people about it? What do they got to do with it, buddy? Yeah, it's just, what the hell? Back in at the uh, at the Mega City, back in Mega City One, the retaliation is underway. Should we warn the people about the coming East Meg One strike? They're too busy with block wars. It doesn't even there doesn't even even seem to be a point to doing so. It's just both sides are effectively the same. It's kind of horrible. It doesn't. It, yeah, it's an interesting thing of setting these two sides as not being too different, but one just deciding that they're going to take the other one out just because there's got to be one big kid on the block, you know. So weird. I like so dark. I love this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely, man. So the missiles are. Let, let's get to the end and then, and then yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it a little bit. Uh, the missiles are raining down in Mega City One. Each single missile contains a hundred mini missile warheads. Each the H wagons and the city's defenses manage to take a lot of them down. Vape, baby, vape. But no defense is perfect. Always good. Oh, man, I'm in favor of vaping. Um, Missiles, at least. Um, but a solitary warhead makes it through the defenses and hits the, the nearly rebuilt Bob Oppenheimer block, which was destroyed way back in what was really the opening shot of this war when the yeah. Pirates of the Black Atlantic, while being uh, manipulated by East Meg uh, spies, uh, lobbed a nuke at Mega City 1. Which, man, like... There's a guy who's on the scaffolding, and he's like, not again, and then just a <laughs> giant mushroom cloud. Yeah. Other warheads that make it through, um, they might have been destroyed by sort of just Mega City 1 civil defense forces, but those are, of course, all now fighting the block war. Uh, yeah, I, that was actually really interesting that they mentioned that kind of like – so it's like even if like things were to get through, the whole point is that these uh, – blocks would be a line of defense against yeah i mean each block is its own is its own like uh is a city basically like they have like tens if not hundreds of thousands of of inhabitants so just like in modern cities you know they might be like sort of um like you know like the police or other things like that that might be able to defend the city a little bit you know like big cities have like armories and junk like that just for that purpose um They'd sort of help out with nukes, but now instead they're sort of using their like gravity guns to like direct warheads to like uh, crappy districts. Like they like, they drop them on like a skid row kind of area and stuff. Yeah, and you just watch it get washed in flame. It's horrible. Each, each warhead is a uh, is a one megaton warhead, which is fifty times the size of the bomb that that was dropped at Nagasaki. Anywhere they hit, they cause massive damage in multi-mile radiuses, you know, like five-mile radius, just everything destroyed. You know, you got to be like – or maybe 20 kilometers, but still, you got to be like 100 100 km back to even just not be in the like you are about to die zone, you know? It's like insanity, pure insanity. Man, you know, nuclear war is no joke, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and this is also during the Cold War, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. This is the eighties. That's what I'm gonna. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about at the end here. Mm. Um, oh yeah, no worries. But most of the block maniacs barely even notice it. Mega City One is losing on all fronts, but the Mega City One counterattack is on its way. Several sectors of East Meg of uh, East Meg One, including the, the uh, like St. Peter's Basilica and stuff, are all wiped out. Over seven million East Meggers are killed. However, this all seems to be part of the plan for the East Meg guys. Um, Joseph, meanwhile, Judge Bulgarin makes a deal with Texas City and Mega City 2, basically that the other Sov blocks won't get involved in the fight and the two American blocks must also not interfere. Texas and 2 decide on the better part of Valor and sell out the Big Meg. Cowards! Big time cowards. What the hell? With that secured, it's time for Operation Apocalypse to enter stage three. And they reveal that they plan to take on those two anyway at some point. Oh yeah, they're definitely like yeah, once we get East, once we get Mega City One, like the, we're definitely going to take it around the rest of these guys. Why not? Yeah, big time. You know, stand together, or hang separately, buddy. That's the answer. Um, mm-hmm. Stage three involves setting off massive blasts all along the coast of Mega City One, causing a massive tidal wave that completely destroys the Eastern Wall, its defenses, and drowns hundreds of city blocks. Which leaves them with a huge, massive opening for uh, potential attack. Absolutely, Dread and the Chief Judge and Chief Judge Griffin are surveying the damage in H Wag and its total destruction. Defenses are down, and now nukes are just sort of starting up. Nothing really to stop them. The H Wagon with Dread and Griffin is caught on the edge of a blast and loses control. The vehicle plowing into the side of the Betty Boot Block. <laughs> Dred's arm is broken, and the only survivors are him. Judge Griffin, who's unconscious, and a red shirt judge named Judge Daly. Uh, unable to reach uh, Central for pickup, Dredd carries the chief and, um, as he and Daly head down, and they'll have to fight their way through the block maniacs of Betty Boop. Jesus. Daly quickly succumbs to the boopers, jumping on a hand grenade to save the chief, the chief judge. Yeah, Dredd- what the hell? Dread guns the rest of them down, basically just drags the chief judge through the hallways. <laughs> After he kills like 20 dudes, no one really stands in his way. It just makes it on sheer force of personality. <laughs> judge Dredd is not to be fucked with. Yeah, he's literally Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> So as uh, eventually he finds an undamaged skimmer and makes his way to, to the Justice Department command bunker as East Meg warheads continue just to fly through the sky. Griffin's taken to a med bay as Dredd and his arm are healed up as they walk, as he walks to a central command. Apparently he's the most senior judge available and like all the members of the council are either missing or dead. So it's up to Dredd to negotiate with Bulgarin. God. The East <laughs> Meg, it's crazy. Yeah, the East. The East Meg chief demands surrender and just to silence any doubts of their total superiority, he tells Dredd to watch the monitors as a saturation bombardment of nukes is fast approaching the south sector of Mega City 1. So basically, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, you in danger, girl! It's a total nuke out! Yeah, man, not great. But of course... Elsewhere in this city, we do a hard cut to one of the coolest songs I've ever seen written. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. As the nukes fly towards the south, sent to uh, the southern parts of the city, it's time to break out your banjo and start singing the apocalypso part. Dude. Part calypso, all apocalypse. 
<laughs> until the bombs land. Everything south of the 35th parallel, which is basically the southern border of Tennessee, if you're um, in- interested in American geography, Fox. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is completely wiped out. Oh. No more Mega Miami or nothing like that. 150 million people dead. Which, holy shit, where are we going to get really great Cuban sandwiches and uh, go to some really cool nightclubs? Nope. Yeah, it's all gone. (laughs) The entire SEC football program wiped out in a minute. Um, (laughs) Even people, even hardened veterans of the command bunker start to freak out, which means Dredd's got to, of course, beat you up and then send you away. Bulgarin demands that Dredd surrender, but Dredd will have none of it. It's like, what the, what do you think? Yeah, no. Instead, he activates the last resort. He fires off a salvo of 25 TADs, the most powerful weapon that Mega City 1 has. Total annihilation devices. Yeah, they just got their, they got the polo, they got the uh, collar of their polo shirt popped. They're ready to party. (laughs) With ultimate, (laughs) TAD, man, with ultimate retaliation in the air, Dredd checks in on Griffin, and in East Meg 1, they spring into action, draining the power supply of the whole mega city, and then channeling it into an ultimate defense, the Apocalypse Warp! Which, what the hell? It's a huge force field that covers the entire city as the Tads impact and disappear. (gasps) Next episode, Earth Shatter. Man, I don't know what's going to happen. It sure seems like there's still, you know, I mean, future sight. Uh, I'm in 1982. Sure seems like there's going to be some more of this Judge Dredd, but oh man, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like like you said, like, man, this is just really drawing on sort of the renewed Cold War paranoia that I feel like got got kicked up in, in the early 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there was a point where people felt like they weren't going to be nuked in any minute, but that sort of got reawakened around the, around this time. And actually yeah. playing on those fears of talking about nuclear first strikes and retaliations and stuff like that in a very interesting way of sort of addressing the present by sort of setting it in the future and stuff. And then showing all of it potentially happen as, like, right. cities are just exactly. Left. And then I think oh, it, this also does what, what, what I've heard is an interesting job. There was just sort of a decision that Mega City One was kind of too big. Like, mm. it just had so many people and it covered so much space that it was sort of unwieldy for telling stories and stuff. Mm. So part of this is sort of a general plan of like having a reason to say why Dread could have gone to Mega Miami previously, but why that's no longer the case. I see. As we see here, we're basically just lop off the bottom half of the city. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Just kill this many people. I mean, you know, they aren't real people, dude. It's fine. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's super amazing. And just this, like, you know, always with these stories, you want it to be real dark in the opening. And, you know, we haven't even really gotten to the sunken depths of what of what the bat of what the opening of the apocalypse war is going to be oh, you know sure. you know the land war starts next month that's what i'll say that's <laughs> terrifying episode 77 progs 250 to 253 february 1982 thrill three judge dread oh man hey, judge dread is the truth Script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover. Art robot Carlos Escara, loading robot Tom Frame. I love... Oh, wait. 
One sec. Uh, Tom Frame. I made a Tom Frame singing thing right here. <laughs> anyway, it's if you didn't think that the Sov Nations were bad guys, wait until they teleport all of the nuclear missiles being shot at them into another dimension where there has been no war and then explode the planet. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. The uh, So last episode, uh, Dread and Mega City 1 fired a bunch of TADs, which are total annihilation devices at East Meg 1, who are currently um, attacking them. But they have their apocalypse warp in place, which sends the TADs to another dimension, like Fox said, one of total peace and harmony. I, I, f- I feel like the one thing missing is there weren't, like, um, animated bunny rabbits that could also talk in this yeah. world. But everyone's just sort of, like, hanging out in idyllic fields and stuff. And they just look up and say, oh, my, what's that? And it's 25 TADs about to blow up your planet completely. It just cuts to a planet with being rent to pieces, giant fissures through the entire globe. <laughs> the whole just... planet turning into just chunks and being completely destroyed. It's it's a uh, It's definitely... Earth-shattering, as the comic put it. Indeed. But apparently, there's a flaw in this whole system where the warp can only stay up for 12 to 13 hours. Yes. Once they turn the warp on, it's got to stay on. It's got to stay on, and it'll stay on for 12 to 13 hours. And in that time, East Meg One is completely shut out from the outside world. They've got to rely on War Marshal Kazan and. Uh, to destroy all, uh, to completely destroy Mega City One's ability to retaliate, and he's got some fucking Chronicles of Riddick glasses. That dude. Yeah. Luckily, War Marshal Kazan is totally reliable. Yeah. Yeah, he's got got built-in sunglasses. He loves yelling at people. <laughs> he loves telling people to arrest themselves. Yeah. He's a, Kazan's just a big believer in showing up at a place, telling whoever's in charge that they are inefficient. Uh, and then either arresting or killing them and replacing them with the next guy. I guess it's very a- Empire Strikes Back, right? Like where they took yeah. out those guys and stuff. We're definitely sh- seeing some influence from there, I'd say. But also just my general belief that the way you establish someone as a bad guy is their willingness to kill their own guys. <laughs> hey, man, there's plenty more where that came from. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So... We see him, yeah, we see him remove a task force leader who isn't finding the, uh, subs, the undersea, uh, subs of the, uh, of, of Mega City One. And then he basically calls up Dread and threatens total destruction if he doesn't surrender. Dread's made a sterner stuff though. He knows that this is a feint. And, uh, he knows that instead Kazan wants to invade Mega City One because they want to enslave the populace and all that stuff. And with that, let the invasion begin! Oh, F, there's all these planes coming in. They're going to spray gas. It's a gas episode. Hey, man, forward the uh, Metal Legions. It's tanks and robots and stuff. Man, they're really um, cool. In the beginning of this prog, in the color section, we learned that Kazan has bright, has bright red hair. <laughs> we then it's cut- like Cheeto red. <laughs> yeah. We cut to a... Judges Dormer and Hodge patrolling the wreckage of Mega City One when a squadron of East Meg Strato V's fly in, dropping deadly gas. Oh man! There then Dormer. followed Dormer and Hodge. 
So they're followed by massive rad sweeper tanks that blow up resistance. And then those tanks in turn are followed <laughs> by Karpov uh, MF7 Sentinoids, which are these four-legged killbots. Yeah, they got uh, horse – no, horse legs, reverse knees. I think they had like, like, like Dr. Octopus metal legs. That's what they seem like yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're pretty awesome. Just they're in pretty general. awesome. Like, they're a killbot, and killbots are great. Yes. So Dahmer goes down, gets smushed by the tank treads, and then Kazan almost makes it, avoiding the guns of the rad sweeper tanks. But he gets taken out by the robots. Bad news. If you're a judge and make city yep. one, and and Kazan seeing this destruction says that uh, if you want to pluck a chicken, first you got to cut off its head, which is inscrutable. But he <laughs> basically just says we're going to kill the uh, leaders of Mega City One. So he has the Sentinoi, and so Dread, who gives the uh, order, begins giving out orders to begin hit and run tactics against the uh, attacking East Megs. Uh, that bunker is instead attacked by Sentinoids. They breach the walls. Robot attack. Uh. God, why have people do it when you could just have robots do it? I mean, this is just generally the case for a future yeah. when there is robots. It's fair, man. Yeah, so the the uh, command bunker is under heavy assault by robots. <laughs> Judges are falling back behind a series of blast doors, but the bots are coming fast. They're deploying lasers and shooting deadly gas. More gas. Uh, Dread sends a message to all the judges and the entire citizenry of Mega City 1 to resist the East Meg invasion, but most of the Mega City folks are too busy doing Block Mania stuff. They're too busy being Block Maniacs. No one cares. Uh, except for Walter, and why isn't Walter dead? I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah, Sov tanks have taken most of the northern area of the city. They're sweeping south. Um, among the blocks, the block maniacs is Maria, Dred's housekeeper, and stalwart Mario Lanza partisan. Uh, Mario Lanza, of course, an Italian singer. Uh, um, Woman for her safety great. is Walter no. the Wobot, who ties no. Maria up in wopes. No. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, no. Dread lo- loads the injured Chief Judge Griffin aboard the Justice 2 and then launches oh. that spaceship into the air. The Chief Judge is too weak to fight and will do more good in exile as a symbol of hope. Meanwhile, yeah. they'll keep fighting down here. Man, I like the Chief Judge. He's pretty great. Yeah, Chief Judge Griffin, always fun. So, with the Chief Judge away and the headquarters compromised, it's time to to abandon it and just start wide-scale guerrilla resistance. <laughs> it's pretty great. They like they move to the second base location and they're like, well, all right, time let's to mobilize. Roll, yeah, get in the bikes. Let's just roll out and start just killing Sovs where we can, buddy. Um, so they set the sky on fire. Yeah, at least one person is listening to Judge, to judge Dredd as the Mega City 1 weather system goes crazy. The air fills with fire and then snow pours down on the city. <laughs> Mad Dog Kazan checks in with his troops to find them stymied by the hyper-aggressive block maniacs in the city. The, uh, the lead general has ordered the full extermination of the population. And in response, Kazan slaps him and sends him to Siberia. <laughs> Because the job here, Fox, is to conquer, not exterminate. Yeah, the whole point of having a city isn't that you've just bombed the shit out of it and killed all of its population. Yeah, we don't want buildings. We want people to be in those buildings and do stuff for us. So mm-hmm. he has the uh, Strato Vs spread out among the city and deploy the cure, the anti-block mania gas, curing the citizenry. <laughs> More gas! 
Yeah. Except for Moia, who has a gas mask put on her at the last minute by Walter. So she's still suffering from block mania. Oh, well. What have you done, Walter? <laughs> what he always does, make something more lame. That's true. Next episode, Terror of the Rad Sweepers. Man, it's like, I know a new super important character got introduced because he's the bad guy. And yeah. he is awesome. Every time that he showed up to a place, he said something that I loved from a villain. Yeah, he just gets real serious every time he shows up. And he yells but at the man, other villains. Man, I need this to do a little bit more. It's like, I, I get it. I know that they're invading. Like, the the whole Dahmer thing, that was cool. Oh, with, like, the checking on the judges and how they sort of withstood yeah, the attack yeah. and stuff? Yeah, it's pretty neat. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's like, we didn't need a Walter check-in, you know? <laughs> Did Walter like, that's just, the last just, thing I want. We've been really down, or we were really down with the Apocalypse War last time as Walter brought it down for you a, a bunch this this uh, month. Walter just makes things taste like crap. And uh, <laughs> anytime, anytime uh, like he comes around, it's like, like, what are you doing for this? What are you adding? It's like, like population is getting gassed and we're getting like a Walter joke. I think it's just because he's the guy we know. You know, he and Maria are sort of the characters we know. It's interesting to check in on them. It's for characters we have some association with to see how they're doing. This is like, how associated that seems we are. Like the thaw, Maria needed a thog or the thog note. That's true. I mean, well, we haven't seen her in a long time. Like, I forget it's, the last time Maria was in the Progs. Dude, I can't even remember. Prog it must 3. Have, it must have been before the Judge Child situation. It could yep. even be like... Call or some shit. I mean, it was definitely after Call Yeah, I mean, she was around definitely before Call Me Kenneth. All right, so we investigated. I don't know when the last time Maria was last in the Prague. It's been a long time, though, guys. I think we all know that's true. Uh, she's kind of a lame duck anyway. Episode 78. Prog's 254 to 257. March 1982. Thrill 4, Judge Dredd. Oh, my God. Uh <laughs> Cold open to a horrible scene. Yeah. So first, uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant as TV Grover as a script robot, art robot, cost a scare letting robot, Tom Frame. So. Tom Frame. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. A mass of refugees are making their way through the ruins of the north set of the north sectors of Mega City One when they come under the guns of giant Soviet Sov rad sweep, sweeper tanks. They're like crushing people, man. Mm-hmm. But in turn, these tanks are met by judges on lawmasters and red radiation suits. The powerful Ooh. central guns of their lawmasters taking down the tanks. Uh, some of the attacking judges are hit, and Dredd takes out two tanks on his own, one with a well-timed hand bomb, the other by having his bike ram into the tank exploding. This is really... I mean, we've seen it before, but I just love how Dredd shouts out the weapons he's using as he uses them, you know? <laughs> hand bomb! <laughs> no, of course, man. How are you going to really feel the power of that hand bomb if you don't tell them mm -hmm. hand bomb? Yeah. The tanks are destroyed, but the citizens aren't saved, Fox. They've wandered into a radiated zone and are currently suffering from the extreme radiation poisoning. Yeah, you ain't gonna live long, man. Dread and the other judges mercy kill them and move on. <laughs> Jesus. It's, uh, it was really fucked up, because I don't know if it's like mercy killing, 
because uh, kind of they're like nothing's worse than a slow death from rad poison yeah don't leave us like this please help us request granted and they just shoot the crowd that's right i'm like oh god like it's a war man we gotta you know we gotta uh, really cut your losses for to save more people you know they're not gonna I mean, like, they're not going to hurt anybody that just dies super slow. I, I don't yeah, know. But it's, it's just like, uh, once again, Mega City 1 sucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so they the judges move on. It's really hard to organize a resistance, especially in the thick snow now falling on the city. Dread meets up with a bunch of city defense units and gives them a mission. We've got to cut off the northern sectors of the city from the rest of the city to stop the sob of advance. Oof. So the uh, the Sov forces are dropping hypno leaflets. Oh, this was so great! Which is basically Greetings, like you know, friend. Greetings, yeah. friend. Like you know, we're used to seeing leaflet campaigns and a lot of things. Just as sort of a psyop stuff. Even like whatever fiends of the Eastern Front had leaflet droppings, letting the uh, the vampires know that they weren't on the, the that they weren't on the Russian on the uh, German side anymore. But Which in this one, well. <laughs> in this one, it's got the uh, the uh, Sov sit um, war leader. Uh, like, like saying, like you, we're your friends, and then it's like hip, sends hypnotic rays at their brains, making them like <laughs> try to surrender to uh, rad sweeper tanks, only to get gunned down. It's crazy, dude. It's uh, they're just pulling out all the stuff. I for them saying that they didn't want to kill everybody, you know, <laughs> they don't want to kill everybody. I guess it's yeah, the, like one or two it. people alive is fine. Yeah. Uh, but all this stuff doesn't deter the the ruthless guerrilla tactics of Judge Dredd, as he was orders to blow up the bridges even as they're swarmed by brainwashed civilians. Oh God! The judges—it's really and, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible, man. The judges and city death forces are cutting off the solve advance, even as civilian refugees make their way south on the city bottom. Along the way, uh, Walter and Mawia are desperately looking for Judge Dwed. Um, which a block you with? I punch in your face. <laughs> God, Maria. You're she's still the last. Around. She's the last sufferer of block mania, man. The yeah, fighting's rough. Fair. Yeah, the, it's true. Yeah, the fighting's pretty rough with close air support by East Meg Strato V's. Suddenly, but suddenly, Judge Perrier shows up with a shipment of stub guns. Which, I mean, don't make people. They don't turn people's limbs into stubs. They just cut things in half. I feel like they could make the cut libs into stubs if they wanted to. They just are aiming at harder targets. <laughs> Maybe it got its name because they turned some people into stublins. Definitely possible. Yeah, they're the most devastating handheld weapon ever invented, though they do have an annoying tendency to overheat and explode. I mean, you know, then just don't. Just don't use it as much. I don't know. Yeah, seriously. They're extremely risky, but desperate times calls for desperate measures as Dredd levels his stub gun at the nearby Strato V. Oh, and man. And what happens is awesome. Yeah. Stub gun. Oh, yeah. They work. <laughs> they they hand out the guns and it's time to start blowing shit up. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Mad Dog Kazan's HQ, uh, he's... He learns that the resistance is heating up, but that's just as he planned. Because while Dread is securing the uh, Dantana Expressway, the final uh, road to the southern sectors of the city, uh, he is going to uh, uh, Kazan is going to land reinforcements to squeeze Dread from the other side. Oh man, he just he uh, you're 
So you're right that a good villain is the kind that will just choke out one of his own dudes. Yeah. Well, he doesn't actually kill this one. He just sort of chokes him to show an example of how the chokes, choking theory I, works. So I don't think it was like an example for him. I think that man just really wanted to choke somebody at the moment. Definitely. Yes. So Kazan's dropping troops. Luckily, uh, Walter uh, recognizes that the, the troops dropping as the snow stops and a massive heat wave rolls over the city. Walter warns Dwed of the incoming threat. <laughs> And so Dredd sends most oh, of the troops out to go stop the incursion by these Sovs as the stub gunners remain to continue the assault on the Tana Expressway, even as a couple guys are lost just to straight up to overheating stub guns. Blow them down. Oh, God. And getting wiped out by fireballs. It's like it's such a crazy amount of deaths. Like it's like Absolutely. there are four or five hit squads for this shit. And, yeah. like, they're blown up left and right, man. Yeah, it seems like the way they have it is sort of like, you know, one guy's got a stub gun and a couple other guys have, like, their regular guns just to sort of support him and stuff like that. But when yeah. the stub gun blows up, it takes them all out, basically. So, the stub gunners continue taking down roadways on the Dantana Junction, which is this giant, like, central beam with, like, a whole curly queue of rows all around it. It's like As a corkscrew nightmare. Absolutely. As the Sov troops advance, the teams are in trouble, uh, getting hit by airstrikes and attacked by centoid wardro- droids, as well as their own overheating weapons. <laughs> God, still getting exploded. Yeah. The central expressway is cut. The central pillar of the expressway is cut, but like the curly queue of roads themselves keep the road system standing. Dread leads the final surviving stub squad against the roadway, cutting roads and taking down tanks as they come. His gun's overheating and things are looking real bad. But finally, Judge Suster makes the ultimate Man. sacrifice. He it's le- so badass. It's super awesome, dude. He jumps from a high overpass. As he falls like the two miles down, basically, to the, to the surface of Mega City 1, as he falls, he cuts the roadways with his stub gun as he goes, shouting, For for freedom, for justice, for Mega City One. He smashes into the pavement as his gun overheats, but he's he's been successful, and the junction begins to crumble. The Man. Sovs are stuck in the north quadrant of the city. Next time, flight from Dan Tana. So goddamn <laughs> cool, man. man. <laughs> ah. It's so tense, but I love these little victories they're given dread as the larger just sort of soft war machine just sort of rolls through the city and stuff. I just like from like grim dark Judge Shred is not a nice guy to like these this other judge just like throwing his life away to the yeah. evil that is like God, this war commander that they've put in charge of this is yeah, just Kazan. like destroying it's just destroying everything. Like it's so great mm-hmm. and fucking the art's so great and everything's just so great. It's like really horrible. Totally. It's all horrible. <laughs> it's all so horrible. Like this place that I've been just like hanging out and watching, like you remember when that guy was trying to kill Judge's sun gun and then yeah. like set him to the sun. They went to a smoke shop and like things were goofy for a minute and like do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where Dredd pretended to be a uh, cigar store Indian. 
Yeah, you remember you remember Max Normal playing Shuggy? Fuck, yeah. like that's the same place. Yeah, where Max Normal, uh, his uh, Shuggy playing uh, habits make him immune to the Block Mania virus, so that they can figure out what's going on. Well, that's you know? right. It's bringing it's it all just, back. He just likes to clean himself with spray instead of yeah. uh, water. But that's what I love about Block about um, of the Apocalypse War and Block Mania is just that they've they've taken like the last five years of, of of all this 2080 stuff, and they're really just bringing everything back to sort of come to bear. You know, they brought back a giant. Um, they're gonna, you know, Anderson and Hershey are gonna show up soon. I promise. Um, <laughs> Thank Christ. Like, there's just a lot of this stuff going on, and it's um, it's so good. And it's just, you know, it remains, and it's just a really awesome story that really just sort of uses this character of Mega City 1 and then all the other Judge Dredd stuff we've been building for the last, you know, since 1977, basically. Oh, man. It's real good. I just, I just like, I mean, I've said it for the last um, couple of episodes. It's just yeah. like, I'm so on board with this. Totally, like series of Judge Dredd. Like I, this one's really commanding attention, and just it's so Definitely. horrible. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, for sure. Episode eighty, Progs two hundred and fifty-eight to two hundred and sixty-one, April nineteen eighty-two. Thrill three, Judge Dredd. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a Tom Frame thing this week. <laughs> uh, script robots: John Wagner and Alan Grant as TB Grover. Art robot: Carlos Escara. Lighting robot: That Tom Frame. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So the uh, Dantan Expressway has been cut, halting the Sob advance south. But now for Man. the hard part: getting out alive. Oh God, how are we gonna do it? Probably pop some wheelies, jump a bridge. Definitely do some cool laser shooting. <laughs> Dread leads a contingent of judges through heavy fire from Rad Sweeper tanks and Strato V planes to the tunnels and safely to the city's bottom. But losing like, like quite a few judges in the several, process. Several, like at least two or three judges, get picked off in the process. But the city bottom is also where War Marshal Mad Dog Kazan is headed as well, because it's the one route into the rest of Mega City 1 that can't be cut off. Oh, yeah. As Dread arrives on the bottom, he gives the order. He has everyone fall back and detonate thermal charges they've placed that cover now 73% of the bottom of the city. Oh, my. And it turns into just a burning inferno of super death yeah they, the explosives go off they burn at a hundred thousand degrees which melts the streets and buildings and turns it in just the whole place into just a river of liquid fire that consumes the east meg advance once again judge dread is just like well time to just do a murders and yeah. like the massive amounts of devastation he's fighting like, for the future of, of his city yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to get to more of that. He is Yeah. So the tanks um, are melting, but man, the Sovs have way more tanks than that. So they got to get going. There's work to be done. The judges head out determined to make the Sovs pay for every meter of land they take. Meanwhile, Walter's still still trying to get in contact with Dwed, even as he, oh, as God, he dodges no. blasts from Moia's pocket cooking laser. 
Which, uh, I still Cook have you to good, show up. you bugger! It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Back at the front, Kazan calls in the second wave of the assault with uh, the gaps between the se- the sectors being rebuilt as Stratos. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bombard the city with phobic pulsars, which are these sound waves that induce madness and epilepsy in their victims. It really just sounds like such a nice thing to do. It's real bad, man. The Sovs are making their way south as Kazan gets a call from the Dictorats of uh, East Meg 1 in their, in their safety bunker. The chief judge congratulates him, but Kazan is not impressed. It's like, bro, I did all this. I'm you, doing all the work punk here. punk-ass punk. Yeah. He has troops loyal to him gun down the leaders of East Meg 1. They're dead, and now Kazan is the Dictorat. Yeah, it's like in the in the final throws, they're like, man, is this about like us not inviting you to this? And he's like, bitch, I am the Dictorat now. That's right. Dictatorat, whatever. Dictatorat. So, so Fox, even as the war on the surface is heating up, the spa- the war in space is in overdrive. Oh, and man. As, I, as part words. of that, the Sobs have taken justice, too. And with oh, it, man. they've captured Chief Judge Griffin. This is all not great. Nope. Isaacs, uh, Marshall Kazan's right-hand man, is overseeing the brainwashing of Griffin to make him a propaganda tool. Meanwhile, a heavy rain falls in Sector 98 as Dredd and a few other judges have rounded up a bunch of Sov collaborators, put silencers on their guns, and execute them, leaving their bodies behind the sign that says traitors on it. Once again, Judge Dredd just being real dark and horrible. He's a hard man, dude. You can't can you collaborate with the Sovs? Give me a break. Is, it's just, like, really intense, the amount of, like, shit that he's doing in the yeah. face of this war. It's war, dude! Fair, I guess. Afterwards, the judges pick up a broadcast of Griffin telling the people of Mega City 1 to lay down their arms and submit to the Sov invaders. This can't stand. In fact, everybody in the like Justice Department is like, whoa, we gotta like do a thing about this. Mm-hmm. Knowing that one man can probably sneak in and out, sneak in and take care of Griffin better than a squad or a or, you know a whole a whole frontal assault. Dread heads out alone to he- to deal with the chief judge, pausing to have Judge Teep uh, outfit a special bullet for him. Which Dread hmm. heads out on his mission to kill the chief judge or die trying. What the hell? It's awesome, man. So Dread infiltrates the Hall of Justice just like he did when they took down Judge Cal through the tunnels that lead up to the tomb of Chief Judge Fargo. Oh yeah, like, yeah, and you you kind of cut into this scene where these like two Sov judges are just like they're having a chit chat as they go through the call, Hall of Heroes, and one guy's like, "Man, this is awesome! Like all these heroes from wherever," and the other guy's like, "Bro, we took this city in like four days. We're yeah. their heroes now." And Dred's like right here and shoots him right in the back. Takes one of their cloaks. Meanwhile, Chief Judge Griffin is being put on air for a propaganda broadcast and sort of a Q and A format where he spreads lies to demoralize the city. Clearly lies. 
As it's like, happen- oh, yeah, yeah, citizens in the Sob states have 100% uh, employment. They all have jobs. So you they're could all get real a job. happy. Yeah. <laughs> As this happens, a disguised Judge Dredd airheads his way to the production studio. That's when you uh, die hard your way through a production studio, Fox. I uh, have no idea what that film is. You haven't seen Airhead? Oh, man, it's pretty good. It's got uh, Brandon Fraser, Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, all before those guys became really famous. Um, oh, my God. It's good, good early 90s fun. All so, right. Dredd arrives the recording, fights his way in, and asks one question to Judge Fargo. Is every word you've said a lie to deceive the citizens? Oh, man. Griffin overcomes his programming and admits the truth that it is. And as such, Dredd sentences him to death and shoots him dead live on TV. Which, whoa, holy shit. It's heavy. The Sov judges swarm Dread. They tell him you can't escape, but Dread doesn't intend to. Instead, he turns his gun on himself and shoots himself in the heart. Oof. Ultimate cliffhanger! It's like like (laughs) next prog, dot, dot, question mark. Exactly. It's uh, and that's just dread, man. I'm so glad that this, uh, that the months combined to have this be the cliffhanger for this one. Uh, Apocalypse War is kind of uh, really fucking intense, dude. Hey, man, they are trying to do as much real war stuff as they can, you know. I just like <laughs> it, it was uh, like they just keep killing people <laughs> like these yeah. last four issues just everybody is killing everybody is killing everybody well if it makes you feel better i think in terms of just sheer quantity only about five percent of the people that are going to die in the course of this thing have died already <laughs> oh Wait, my no. god maybe like a third actually i guess because all the south the southern parts of mega city one but we'll get to it don't worry oh my god <laughs> we got more, more death Way more, yeah. There's two more months of the of uh, the apocalypse war left to go. Oh my god, that's eight issues. That's right. Yeah, it ends in a two seventy, so it should be good times. Oh my god. Episode eighty one, Progs two hundred and sixty two to two hundred and sixty six, May nineteen eighty two. Real three, Judge Dread. Oh, it's real good, real fucking good, real fucking good. Mm-hmm. Script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is T.B. Grover. Art robot Carlos Escara, lighting robot Tom Frame. And guess what? Tom Frame, love you, Tommy, Tommy Frame. Mm-hmm. So Judge Dread Fox has assassinated Chief Judge Griffin on live television and then shot himself like in the heart. Cheese and crackers, buddy. It was crazy. <laughs> love it. Um, watching this, so uh, uh, Walter and Maria watching this on its view screen, resolve to get revenge no. on the Sov block. <laughs> no. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Sovs are dragging Dredd's body to the morgue, where he suddenly comes awake and starts killing dudes. I'm gonna grab your neck and then squeeze your throat until you die. Throw a dagger at your throat. I'm really into throwing throats. Meanwhile, Walter and Mawia have stolen a transport and are making their way to the Grand Hall of Justice as Mawia flies Sovs with her cooking laser. Laser's hard to say. Um, Isaac's (laughs) Kazan's right-hand man tries to spit the situation is okay, like Griffin's dead, but hey, so is Dredd, right? Yeah, I mean, Now he's in in trouble because Dredd is definitely not dead. (laughs) So, So what is dieharding in a museum? That's a good question. 
Um, I mean, dieharding in the police station is sort of uh, assault on precinct thirteening. Yeah. I guess. that's all right. <laughs> I, I accept it. Um, so we, a hobbling dread thinks back to the to last episode when he requested that Judge Teep doctor a bullet to only penetrate an inch of flesh, so it let I'm him fake sure the suicide. I mean, yeah, who knows? It just whatever. Let him shoot himself, and he's basically okay, but sort of under under physical stress. Yeah, all right. He uh, he tries to escape via the Judge Fargo tunnel, but is too weak to lift the plinth. Instead, he's pinned down, unable to escape. He's running low on bullets um, fi- as he fires sloth like ricochets and stuff to take down judges trying to get after him. So he switches to incendiary and starts burning the place down. Just take it with him. All the while without his helmet, so you don't actually see his face. Mm-hmm. This looks like the end until Walter shows up to save him. Boo, oh, Walter! Oh. I mean, hooray, Judge Dredd's life. Boo, Walter being the savior. Exactly. Uh, Could have been Judge re- Giant. <laughs> totally. Dwed recovers from the fire and punches out Maria to uh, quell her block mania for a bit. Which... Damn, knuckle sandwich right to his landlady. Hey, listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. The trio escapes into the tunnel as the Hall of Justice burns. There's no justice left there. It's real intense. Everything's on fire. Is there anything of this fucking city left? No, man. Hey, so it's day eight of the Apocalypse War. Holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe it's just been a week. But we see a mass migration of Mega City One citizens into the cursed earth. Almost 27 million people head out in a massive wave into that forsaken land. Which, I mean, doesn't seem super safe. What was the, I mean, I guess you don't want to get nuclear bombed and set on fire and inside. Yeah, I mean, it's no, it's no, it's, yeah, it's, it's no more safe than the city where there's hurricanes and literal nukes falling on you. you Yeah. Yeah. Um, one judge asks if they should stop him, and Dredd says, like, do what you want, but he's got bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. In a flashback, we see Dredd get bandaged up as Maria is cured of block mania, and Mad Dog Kazan has the surviving East Med judges sent to Siberia without winter clothing, while his former right-hand judge, Isaacs, is broken down to a cadet. Just killing and degrading more and more of his people. Yep. A hurricane breaks out over Mega City 1, battering the beleaguered city even more. Dredd manages to get in video contact with both Mega City 2 and Texas yeah. City and ask for aid, and that they're unable that, to provide yeah. it. Yeah, screw not those guys. Not just unable, they're just like, uh, we're not gonna, I mean, we're just gonna use this extra time to prepare for their invasions against us. It's like, yeah. alright, guys. Yeah, screw you guys. You, you'll get yours eventually. Um, yep. So, there was no aid coming and everybody re- in real trouble. Fox, is it time to surrender? Oh, hell no. Call hell the fucking no. Uh, Justice Squad. Mm-hmm. Dredd gets a printout of all the surviving judges and calls in top, top, or, or top guys from across the city, including guys like Ox, Quan, Costa, and Judge by God Hershey, who <laughs> all converge on Dredd, as does J- Judge Anderson, because you never Ooh. know when you need a psychic. Which, uh, I mean, in the next uh, couple comics, she definitely really proves her worth. Handy. Yeah. yeah. As the storm dies out, the nine judges set, uh, get on their bikes and, and get going. Dredd hasn't told them, but Anderson knows they're on their way to wipe out East Meg 1. I mean, sometimes you just got to blow up the city. What's blowing you up? 
Gotta. There's an East Meg Strato V moored to the ground. I would, that, that was moored to the ground during the hurricane, and it's the perfect vehicle for Dredd and his team of Judge Commandos. They kill the ground crew, make their way into the ship, gasking and gunning, and gunning down crewmen as they go. They are executive decisioning their way through this plane. Uh, <laughs> Anderson, yeah, boy. Anderson does mind scans to gather intelligence about the rest of the uh, of the of the ship as the judges uh, kill everybody. Soon, the rest of the crew is dead, and the judges take the cockpit, leaving only the pilot, whose codes are taken by Anderson. The Strato V takes off with the judges in control. The pilot dumped from five thousand feet up, set course for East Meg One. I like the the lead up to like throwing the dude out was like. Hey, like Ox is releasing the the old pilot, and they're like, they're releasing him. That's crazy. And it's like, don't worry, they're doing it at five thousand feet. It's, like, oh, it's horrible. Such a horrible way to go. Hey, whatever, man. How many how many millions of people have have died in Mega City One because of well, these guys? I mean, guys? that thing definitely launched a nuclear missile. Yeah. So whatever. The judges Strato V bear down on the on a saw missile silo and fires a twister, which is a drill bomb. That travels through the ground and into the uh, next to the silo, and Eventually, into a Russian yeah, bathhouse. Yeah, crashing through the soft sidewalls of the silo and landing into a, a pool, but not exploding. Sob Strato V's respond and blow up the one stolen by the judges, but Dred's team is already bailed out using grav shoots. The plan is this. The judges will use lasers to bore a tunnel through the sand, melting into glass, so a crazy glass tunnel. They'll meet the twister tunnel and follow that into the silo. It's hot work, Fox. Um, oh, but, God. And as they tunnel, the Sobs are trying to disarm the twister before it blows. Which Let's has follow. been rigged by them in, like, super special ways. They're like, oh, fuck. Like, this is going to take a minute. Totally, yeah. So, they mean, so it's full of Tembler devices that keep them from, like, messing with the actual thing. So that takes a ton of time. Um, the Sovs finally, though, realize that the bomb wasn't even primed and it was never going to explode. But as they figure this out, Dredd and his team arrive at the tunnel ent- entrance. It's Sov Judge fighting time. What up, guys? We're here to shoot a lot of you to death, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Dredd and the team burst into the missile silo, gun blazing. Once the Sovs here are taken out, Judge Morant, a fluent Sov speaker, orders the emergency power shutdown. And under cover of darkness, the judges fan out and take down any Sov judge they encounter with silenced lawgivers. Ooh. They rappel down elevator shafts and slowly make their way deep into the missile complex. Finally, uh, after they, re- they, they, they get to the, the uh, op center, and when they can't cut through like the tough concrete <laughs> that uh, surrounds it, they just sort of so knock great. on the door and get let in. You know? Yeah, they're like, oh, let's knock then. And he's like, oh, what's up? And he just gets shot in the face. It's mm-hmm. great. Anderson mind scans the silo's launch codes out of the uh, silo commander. And Dredd makes the order to fire 20 TADs, that's total annihilation devices, at East Meg 1. Guess that's Uh, one way to do it, man. Dredd takes responsibility to press the button himself to destroy uh, East Meg 1 as a soft judge begs Dredd to have mercy on the half a billion human beings that live in that city. Hey, man, I didn't see them uh, listening to us. There is no mercy within Judge Dredd. Request denied. So great. And he just presses the fucking button. Dredd 
presses the button and the bloody fist of justice is on its way to East Meg 1. Next episode, The Big Bang Theory. Not the television show. I mean, that won't exist for another 30 years, I think. Oh my god, that's nuts. Or like 35 even, because it's like 1982, you know? That's really fair, yeah. Yeah, you got to think about it. Uh, man. But man, this was awesome, uh, Judge Dredd stuff, man. Just everybody. You know, you got the team. You, We see a couple of the judges that we've seen before that we really like, like Anderson and Hershey and all those guys. Yep. Just everybody doing their best, just killing tons of dudes, and then setting up killing even, like, just a terrifying amount of dudes. This <laughs> um, this action by Dredd is going to, of course, have echoes through the rest of the, you know, through the character's whole lifetime, basically. Really? I mean, you Man, know, yeah, you I press mean, the button. genocide, right? Like, I mean, you kill, like, 500 million people with the press of a button, you know, that's going to have something. That's going to do something. You, you would know? hope so. It's not a game of Civ Five or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Episode 82. Progs 267 to 270. June 1982. Thrill 4. Judge Dredd. It's real good. It's real, real good. Uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover. Art robots Carlos Escara and Ian Gibson. Letter robot Tom Frame. So, okay, Fox. Dredd, in a, in picking up from last week, Dredd presses the button and 20 tads home in on East Meg 1. Total annihilation devices. Three make it through this is bad news. the East Meg 1 defense grid and the entire city of East Meg 1 disappears from the face of the earth in a hot, fiery holocaust. It's 500 oh, billion man. people. It's gone now. The blast is visible from East from from Mega City One on the other side of the planet, and, and is and it, it like even though the Sav people are like I don't know what this means, all of the people or all of the judges from Mega City One are just reinvigorated. They know exactly <laughs> what it means. They're like we gotta keep fighting. They got nothing left. <laughs> um, back at the captured missus at the captured missile silo, Dredd orders his team to surrender to the devastated East Meg judges. It's, this was such a smart play. It's yeah, cause, really hardcore. Because Kazan, like the war marshal, gets word of Dredd's actions, and because of that, he like wants Dredd brought to him instead of just having the silo like just be destroyed out of hand for being traitors, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So Dredd is to deal with himself. He sentences his former right-hand man, Isaacs, to a daily game oh, of Russian God. roulette, which, Fox... This is really I, fucked up. I want you to know Russian roulette is not actually Russian, all right? Just so you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. History me. I don't want to get into it. But listen, Dredd and his judges are taken into Kazan's uh, custody, and then the silo and all the troops within it are destroyed as punishment for their incompetence. But what will happen to the Mega City 1 judges, Fox? Obviously nothing good. <laughs> oh, God. But then because of production delays, we're forced to do a rerun, This uh, the next prog of a classic Dredd story, the uh, You Bet Your Life one from Prog 25, Episode 7 of this podcast. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cute. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Dredd and Walter hunt down an illegal broadcast of a murderous game show, You Bet Your Life. Um, it goes, it, it's pretty fun. It's pretty murderous. Like, uh, Granny gets sent to a plutonium <laughs> mine. The wife gets killed by a giant deadly spider because she picks the mystery box. And then, like, yeah, the, fu- never the, the, pick the mystery box. The dad of the family, Sheldon, is almost guillotined, but then Dredd shows up and, like, the host and the, and the, uh, and the sexy assistant of the show try to escape. But as the guillotine falls, Dredd, Dredd shoots the guillotine <laughs> and it splits the guillotine in half and it goes flying and hits both those guys in the backs and kills them oh it's awesome <laughs> hey man uh no way you could win playing against the law <laughs> and then Sheldon goes to jail i assume also because that's what you do when you're judge dread <laughs> uh, he probably arrested the audience while he was at it <laughs> very likely so okay let's get back to this uh apocalypse war fox the uh the mega city one defenders are fighting back oh, yeah. against the remaining East Meg One army with renewed vigor as Kazan confronts Dredd and his team. He tosses them into the interrogation chamber, and it's only a matter of time before they're, own, they're all broken. Luckily, though, the resistance is mobilizing, stub gun production is heating up, and Judge Hilda Bygod Magruder has reappeared, missing an arm, and is leading the oh, troops yes. against the Sovs. God, she looks so awesome. Yeah, man, she's just got bandages and a giant, uh, like her, her like uh, count her like a uh, council of five like insignia thing is just covering her whole shoulder where her arm used to be. Um, so the tide is quickly changing. Um, even as Dread, of course, resists Kazan's torture message methods, he won't scream or break or anything. The battles are going poorly Dude, for the they Sovs. Have it like full. Yeah, it's like give him like put more on. Like there's no the dial doesn't go any further. <laughs> so, so great. The battles are going poorly. One of Kazan's generals suggests peace and gets shot in the face for his troubles. Um, Anybody After, else want peace? Nope. Ex- oh, we're good. After another round of Russian roulette, which remains not actually Russian, Isaacs decides to take a stand. He goes to the chief torturer. What does he want? Your prisoners. And then, boom, shot in the chest. So With the pistol. Isaacs frees Dredd and his team and lays it out, basically. Kazan will never surrender. And... But the uh, East Meg troops are too loyal to try to overthrow him. So they basically need Dread to kill the war marshal to bring peace. So, you know, they won't kill Kazan himself. Yeah. So they so they won't kill Kazan himself, but they decide not to stop Dread from killing Kazan, basically. Yeah. So he's on the intercom. Kazan hears this. He's like, what the hell? And nobody is doing anything. They're just, they all just basically Dredd just down as he gets walks killed. his way through the hallway gun out and people are just like oh, I'm, not, I'm just letting this happen I guess yep eventually Dredd makes his way to the command room he finds War Marshal Kazan for the crime for crimes against Mega City 1 I sentence you to death blam Kazan's last words are that he regrets nothing and apologizes for nothing he dies Jesus. and Dredd it, accepts the terms of the East Meg's unconditional surrenders. Oh, that's good. No terms. No terms. And the apocalypse war is over. In the aftermath of the war. Oh, my gosh. Judge Magruder is sworn in as chief judge, and the Sov troops are dropped back at the smoking crater of East Meg 1. Uh, Could this be the catastrophe that Judge Dredd predicted? I mean, it's either that or there's worse to come. 
the end of the apocalypse war. It's so awesome. You're so good. It's so, so good. Yeah. So that's the end of the apocalypse war. I'll let you know the next big dread epic is in uh, 1984. But there's a lot of stuff to do t- until then. We got to rebuild Mega City One. It's going to be some Judge Child stuff. Maybe some werewolf action. Next time, Mecha City. What the fuck? What werewolves? Why werewolves? I've said too much already. But yeah, man. Oh, geez. Apocalypse War is so good, right? Oh, man. It may be my favorite Dread epic. I like okay. it a lot. I, I think it's one of my, I, I think it's my favorite at the moment, at least. It's definitely got like you know mm. the things I've talked about being missing from some of the other ones. Um, this one, especially if you add in uh, Block Mania along with it, really besides oh, yeah. sort of heroic dread action and just the scale of it, it has some really great Mega City One moments of just the city doing things, and then like mm. just how far they were willing to go with this, you know, with um with Dread killing Griffin with half the city being t- completely destroyed and stuff. It just sets a precedent for how far they can, you know, how far they can go over the line and stuff in these mega epics that really, I think, makes, you know, really adds stakes to these things for Judge Dread. You know, it's not like, I guess, like a stereotypical kind of comic book thing where something big happens, but then, like, there's a dimensional warp or something else happens and everything's back the way it used to be beforehand, you know? Like, Mega City 1... Yeah, like so many people died and so much of the city was just devastated and we're honestly going to see like stories about dealing with the fall with you know with I guess no pun intended the fallout of the apocalypse war for the next like year for many years to come in in Judge Dread. I mean I've been re- I've been reading the new progs, I've been catching up and there's a ton of like apocalypse stuff in um in Judge Dread right now. I mean, they had, like, a reunion of the squad that went to East Meg 1 and stuff. Um, they, like, the Christ- the uh, the 2017 Christmas special ends with Judge Dredd standing in front of a giant crater and someone saying, like, oh, yeah, this is East Meg 1, you know? <laughs> like, oh, it's damn. something that echoes through Judge Dredd for the rest of our time covering it, basically. Um just that, like you know, there's point, like there's there's one point where Dread like a like talks to a bunch of school kids and they kind of ask him the questions kids always ask cops, like have you ever killed anyone? And Dread says yes, millions, you know, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jesus. But it's also so good. I love this. Um, this is a great epic and just like really just gives Dread a chance to shine, give the city a chance to be amazing. It brings back so much of the stuff we've covered from previous things, whether it's like Max Normal during the Block War or just the different parts of the city and stuff. And then reunites, give us like Judge Giant um, dying, you know, dying tragically. And then, you know, I mean, they don't play a huge part, but like Anderson and Hershey also coming back to do some stuff. And and just setting up a new status quo for the city that's very interesting you know what i mean yeah absolutely i mean I, I, i'll get into it more because this is very clearly my my leader for for yeah. this month um but goddamn, do i love this epic totally <laughs> All right there's something for everybody in this case file there's future crime demonic death avatar villains 
and Justice Department, even just some Justice Department lore like the hot dog run, and of course, a big, era-defining mega-epic. Volume 5 is a lot of fun, great collection of Dread's adventures, certainly. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoyed this show and this Case Files series as well. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k for everything else, spacespinner2000, and we should be there. This show's brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardinghan, Zane Kipmiller, and your friends at the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd really appreciate it. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. There you can support the show and receive a ton of excellent rewards, including advanced episodes, coverage of modern 2080 in the magazine, and even monthly Q&As with Fox and myself. So next up in the Case Files collection will be Case Files 6, another epicless collection, but um, mostly concentrating on the rebuilding of Mega City 1 and the aftermath of the Apocalypse War. Though, of course, there's still plenty of time for Dread to deal with vigilantes, alien bounty hunters, and various criminal schemes, as well as see the return of the Judge Child and the Angel Gang. But we aren't get, and we'll get there eventually. But next week, after a long layoff, we're finally back to weekly reviews of 2000 AD and the Judge Dredd magazine as we start our coverage of 1992. In the progs, we've got Dredd fighting martial artists, Bix, Barton, Durham, Red, Trash, and the Return of Brigand Doom. And over on the magazine, Dredd's up against Raptor and Heavy Metal, and we'll see adventures with Midden Face McNulty, Straight Jacket Fitz, and the Britsit Babes are finally here to go undercover. I hope we'll see you then, and eventually on our next Case File Collection. Until then, I say, Spondic Boom!